from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope that the world's treating you well. If it's not, well, you know what? Give it a big hug. Tell it it's going to be all right and be good to somebody today. I promise you if you pay it forward it will roll back around, but don't be nice to people just to get it back. I hope that the middle of the week has proven well for you. I don't know how well it's going to prove for Game 3 with Golden State leading 2 to nothing. The game is coming up tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. I know everybody's excited that the game will go until midnight, but the Warriors are facing off against the Cavs. The funny thing about this is that it's not in Golden State. So when you know we talk about prime time and getting it on and making sure that people out in California are going to watch it and this, that, and the other. To have this game on at 9 means that they're going to watch it at 6, which is great for them, but, you know, for the people on the East Coast, it's it's a late game, so you got to stay up until midnight if you want to see what goes down with LeBron James and Steph Curry as the Warriors are looking to win yet another championship over the Cavaliers, and I think they'll do it. I think at this point they're going to do it in five, but we'll see what happens tonight. Cleveland's not an easy place to play, and you know I believe what Dave Paziak said, role players play better at home for whatever reason. Role players play better when they're inside of their comfortable, familiar walls, whatever that may be, for guys like Kyle Korver and Rodney Hood and so on and so forth for Cleveland. But before we go anywhere, let's hop in here and give you the morning menu. We have plenty coming up on today's show and all of our interviews today connecting back to Central and Upstate New York. So let's hop into it. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, the morning menu proudly presented by all of our great partners in central and upstate New York. I want to put a special thanks out really quick, if I may, if you will oblige me to do this. To Carvel DeWitt, to DrySig Apparel and DrySig Lady, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G. Check them out. They make whatever you apparel-wise hats to sweatshirts too. When when I had my bachelor, you know, my bachelor party, so to speak, my bachelor day, because we had a big kid day. My give back to all my groomsmen and my best man was to get them all a robe that had their na- their initials italicized onto it, kind of make them look like P. Diddy. You know, wanna, I want to be nice to my people, make them look like champions. So we did that through Dry Sig Apparel. We have our t-shirts that we give away and that we sell for wake-up call. Our hats, same deal. Uh, everything that, that I wear, my button-down shirts to my polo shirts to events, when you see me at a press conference or at a game, I'm wearing Dry Sig apparel, so thank you to Dry Sig for 
outfitting my business. They can do the same for you as well as your charity, your little league team, your school, whatever it may be. And they also do a lot with theater in schools. Like if you're doing Beauty and the Beast, they'll do the shirts for that and whatnot. So make sure that you get in touch with them, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel and DrySigLady.com as well. You can check out their website and get in touch with them. They are on Teal Avenue right by Shop City. Big thanks to Giovanni's Tuxedos and Formal Wear. They fitted me for my wedding. They also gave me my newest suit, and from here on out, when it comes to getting a suit, that's where I'm heading, and I want to thank them for that. We styled the suit a little bit. Going to have to put that thing back on. Let you like it. It's cold outside again. I feel like I'm going to have to start wearing layers, but they tell me, those weather people, that it's going to be in the 70s until, from now until Tuesday or something like that after today. Honda City of Liverpool It's where I get my cars from. That's who I've trusted for a very, very long time. And I feel very, uh, I, I feel great about the fact that I can actually tell you that you can go somewhere to get a car where you're treated like a human being, not a number. You're treated like a person and not just a paycheck. Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Couldn't ask for a nicer guy to help you find a house, sell your house, buy commercial property, sell commercial property. He knows what he's doing. He is always working to learn and know the ins and outs of everything that's going on. If something changes, if a trend changes, he's he's ahead of it. He's on top of it. He also offers a guarantee, so you can go to his website, PapaleoSellRealEstate.com, or just click on his picture that you have on the website on WakeUpCallDT.com. He has a performance guarantee. And his number is 315-748-2524. Penn and Trophy Center is now in East Syracuse, 119 East 2nd Street. You can go visit them right there by the BJ's right off of Erie Boulevard. And you can check them out at the Penn and Trophy Center. Make sure, and off of Bridge Street, that's where my brain was going this morning. Pardon me, folks. I had a moment where I left my brain on the highway and had to go get it. But the Penn and Trophy Center right over there, BJ's and uh, Bridge Street, you can check them out. Awesome, awesome new setup. You definitely got to go over there. They've been serving the community for 70 years, which is insanity. So go and see them. And uh, Johnny just said, I'm going to get my trophy this year because we have the Fantasy Football League and all of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football trophies are proudly presented to you by the Penn and Trophy Center. They include the mini Lombardi that you can hold that's probably almost as heavy as the real Lombardi. This thing is extremely authentic and awesome, and it's got a plaque that's under it, so it sets on a wooden plaque, this Lombardi-looking trophy, and we get your name on there, your year, everything, the name of your team, and then if you get last place, you get a toilet bowl trophy, and I get to pick any picture that I want from social media, and I put your face on the trophy, and then you can put some M&Ms or Reese's in that and put it up on your desk. So we have our first place, we have our last place, and some people love that last place trophy even more. Like, Dan, if I'm not winning the Super Bowl, I better get the toilet bowl because i got to do something with my life. And that's because Penn & Trophy does such a great job with putting everything together. Utica Pizza Company, you know it, folks. Whether it's Utica Greens, the wake-up call number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza, Chicken Riggies themselves, to meatball subs, to anything, antipost, whatever, Utica Pizza Company does it right. They are all over the place. Their products are in stores all throughout central and upstate New York and the state of New York as a whole. You can go into Spira's, Nichols, Price Chopper and get their sauces and their tomato pie. They are doing everything 
that they possibly can to make it very easy to cook at home and extremely exciting to come in and see them at 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse, New York. Fanhands.com. If you're a fan and you don't have a pair of fan hands, you're not doing it right. Okay, Fans are supposed to be loud, vibrant, and excited. Fanhands.com makes it easier. And Looking Glass Events, if you're planning an event, 315-748-2524. And, of course, Chick-fil-A. I waited over a decade to say that Chick-fil-A and my show work together. And because of Jim Sikowski and the great team at Chick-fil-A Cicero, I'm very proud to say that they and I are working together off of a decade well spent eating Chick-fil-A sandwiches and crying into a pillow until they got here. So very happy to have them here. And all jokes aside, I didn't cry into a pillow. Maybe a couple times. But very happy to have everybody here with Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. And thank you to the big family that we got. With that being said, we have a lot coming up on today's show. So much to discuss and talk about. Darius Robinson is going to be joining the show. He's a 2019 defensive end. He loves himself some Syracuse. And Syracuse fans are always clamoring to know who is going to be the next person. Who's coming in, Dan? Who are we talking to? What's going on with recruitment? And I feel very proud and honored to be covering recruiting, especially in the world of Syracuse athletics, for a very long time. And to have this opportunity to present to you these young men and and women and give their thoughts and their feelings on their recruitment on Syracuse, on other teams and whatnot. So 2019 defensive end Darius Robinson is going to be joining the show, and he's going to be speaking with you on what he thinks of Syracuse and so much more, and that's going to be around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time today. From there at 10 a.m. Eastern time to start off the second hour, Coach Q is back on the show. Coach Q and I, Syracuse women's basketball head coach, We've done a lot over the years. We're going to do even more. You're going to hear him a lot more often, and there's going to be a, a nice a nice piece of what Wake Up Call is doing to kind of spin off into this opportunity with Coach Q. So just stay tuned to what's coming down the pipe here with Coach Q. we got some exciting things that I'm happy to have involved with my company and, and definitely with my show. So Coach Q will join me at 10 a.m. coming off of his top eight recruiting class in the nation this year coming in and then at 10 30 a.m eastern time we will have a very very i am very sure uh, honest open as we always do he's a great person he's one of my best friends rob drummond's going to be on the show we're going to be discussing he's a former eagle always an eagle played for the philadelphia eagles and he's going to give his thoughts on donald trump rescinding the offer to the eagles to come to the white house he's going to give his thoughts on that what that means to him and what it means to the team, what he feels about that. And also, we're going to talk about the new NFL National Anthem policy and what Rob thinks about that, because as Rob and I spoke about numerous times, the original kneeling, although it was done at an inopportune time, which kind of muddied the water and got people confused, that the peaceful protest was never about the flag. We're going to discuss how it was never about the flag, but how miscommunication, which happens in life a lot, ended up being about the flag and why the NFL policy about guys kneeling is missing the point and missing the boat and not focusing on the fact that police brutality and inequality in the country is a paramount problem that we have to face and we have to face it together. And that's focusing on 
the flag and what it's not supposed to be about is ultimately affecting the message and it's ultimately causing people to fight with each other when we don't have to fight. So that's all coming up. You know, Rob, obviously, he loves his family, loves where he is, loves this country. I do as well. And it's it's those people that are caught in between the, well, we want to stand up for inequality. We also want to respect the flag. So, you know, we're in a place right now where I feel that we need to have this discussion. And Rob and I have had a lot of open discussion about this. And he allows me the opportunity to show you that you can talk to another person about a very touchy subject that's affecting our country and find a peaceful path and find a way to move forward. We have always had very deep discussions. We've had a lot of them on this show. And I feel like if you have the discussions publicly and you share with each other your thoughts and your feelings and you seek to understand that hopefully somewhere, somehow, some way, somebody listening to this show can help to make this domino effect be more positive than it is negative. So like I said, Rob's one of the best people I know. And when it comes to breaking something down and finding a common denominator and seeing the root of really what's going on, he's great at that. He was a phenomenal football player, but he is far better of a person. And if you go back and watch his film, it says a lot about how I think of him as a person because he was a damn good football player. He'll be joining the show at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time this morning to speak on all of those subjects that we really folks have to sit down and we have to talk about. It's a shame that we have to discuss it. It's a shame that the NFL has made a lot of decisions lately without really looking at what's going on, but I have a thought of what the NFL should do and could do, and we're going to discuss that in just a little bit. So hang tight on that one. That's coming up at the tail end of the show. And we're also very happy to have in studio hanging out with me, Zach Bowden, who is working with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. I mentioned him, gave him a shout-out on the show within the last couple weeks. He's done a phenomenal job. He's a huge part of the CNY Pop Festival, and we're happy to have him here in studio hanging out with us here today. So he's he's kind of learning the ropes and getting a feel and, and, and hanging out here in the, the, the cave that is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, the, the beautiful, wonderful cave. We should call it the Cave of Wonders. That's what I think we should do with the studio here. You know, a little Aladdin connection because it's a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, you're probably a terrible person. But with that being said, we're very, very happy to be here with you this morning and appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the show. So, Coming up tonight, I alluded it to alluded a little bit to it uh, as we were coming in to the morning menu. But Golden State is facing off against Cleveland. Uh, Golden State is up two to nothing. Cleveland is going back home, so this is supposed to be good for Cleveland, right? This is how they changed the series against the Boston Celtics. It's how they mixed it up. My boy Johnny, who uh, who's a huge listener, like you said, uh, or you know, we said a little bit earlier here, he had sent a message. When I mentioned Penn and Trophy, that he's going to win the trophy this year. He said Devontae Freeman's going to carry his team again. So he also is a, he loathes Golden State. So Johnny, hopefully this segment will, will bring some happiness to you in the sense of Cleveland usually recently makes Ohio a very different place and a very different feel of any series. And they survived the series against the Pacers. They 
ripped apart Toronto, and it's that's a very open wound still. They took care of Boston, and they changed the series. Boston was up two to nothing, like Golden State. They go back to Cleveland, and all of a sudden, it's a different world. It's a different atmosphere, and ultimately, they took the wind out of the sails. And that was the you know they talk about home court advantage. Boston won their games in Boston. Cleveland won their games in Cleveland, and Cleveland had to steal one at the end. And that's the thing that makes Cleveland special this year is that they stole one from Boston. When Boston, mind you, that series, everybody at home won until Game 7. If you were at home, you won the game. If you were at home, it looked totally different. You go on the road, you lose by 20, you come home, win by 30. After all of that, Boston was at home for Game 7, and Cleveland stole it from them, took it from them, to get to where they are right now. But Golden State's a different team. Golden State is a dynasty. LeBron James is a king. But Golden State, they're like, not necessarily having a king or a pharaoh. And I don't want to say having a Congress, because we know we all know Congress can be better. But it's having... kind of the leaders of, maybe we'll talk about Wakanda. Can we say Wakanda? You know how Wakanda has a bunch of different leaders of different tribes? That's how it feels in Golden State. There's a bunch of leaders. There's a bunch of prominent people. And that is different than Cleveland. And I just wanted to mention Wakanda because Black Panther is one of my favorite characters. So if I can get it into the show, I'll make an analogy every day. Maybe that should be my thing. Little fan thing, like you tell me, you write into the show and say, Dan, you got to find a way to mention Wakanda every show until the end of the year. I will make it happen. I will gladly do that. So if you want it to be done, let me know. But LeBron's been carrying this team. And, and the thing about LeBron, and, and this this has to be said, if, if you are doing what I do in, in my line of work, if you are broadcasting or you are writing or you call yourself a journalist, people use journalism like, oh, yeah, Dan, journalism 101, and they make it so dirty, right? People people that tell you that they get journalism and they're going to school you know absolutely nothing about journalism. If anybody ever says, I'm going to school you on this, unless they're helping you on a basketball court, I don't buy it. And my fellow broadcasters, writers, all you wonderful people out there, if you think or are still writing, saying, whatevering, that LeBron James is not elite, is not great, does not get to hang his hat in the top ten of all time, you're just bitter and you're just hateful. You don't have to like LeBron James, but when you're on the air, it's a cardinal sin to be partial. It's a cardinal sin to say, well, in the comfort of my own home, I hope LeBron loses every game he ever plays for the rest of his life. That's fine. You could feel that way. But when you turn the mic on, no one is going to consider you an educated person if you say that LeBron James is not one of the greatest of all time. Now, I am partial to Michael Jordan because I am. Because he was lights out phenomenal. And I'm not saying that LeBron James is not phenomenal. But would LeBron James be wearing number 23 right now if not for Michael Jordan? I mean, that's a question that I'm asking you. There's a reason why 23 is infamous. 
There's a reason why they never made Space Jam 2 with LeBron James that was allegedly spoken about because Space Jam and the Looney Tunes are for Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan alone. But historically, when we look back on on everything that we've seen, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan, there's so many amazing, amazing players that we have been able to see. Johnny is filling up the news feed right now. We're going to get to you in a second, my good sir. I promise. There's been so many amazing players. I mean, if we look at the top 50 NBA players and everybody changes, you know, people give their thoughts and up, down, and around the corner. But we talk about guys like Shaquille O'Neal and Bill Russell and Larry Bird and Wilt Chamberlain and Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Hakeem Olajuwon. There's so many wonderful... David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Oscar Robertson, Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, Julius Irving, Jerry West, Clyde Drexler. Love Clyde Clyde the Glide Drexler. Elvin Hayes, George Gervin, Dave Bing. Syracuse guy, shout out. Reggie Miller, Nate Archibald, James Worthy, Bill Walton, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And, and yeah, it changes. You know, LeBron James got into this thing. But there's people that have Dwight Howard. Do me, don't ever make a list again. Don't make a list again. If you think... Top 50 of, of, of now... Maybe, maybe he makes 51. Don't make a, don't just think about it, but then keep it to yourself. Dwight Howard is, that's a no. It's a no. And, and listen, I'm, I mean, all jokes aside, you can obviously write whatever you want to write. Okay. We're all entitled to our opinion. Okay. I'm saying that there are certain people that wouldn't even touch my list. But when you look at a lot of these guys that I named, and I'm and I'm scaling this to make sure I didn't miss it. Jan, uh, John Havlicek, as well, someone who I didn't mention. Pete Maravich, Kevin McHale, George Mickin, Robert Parrish, my grandmother's favorite player. Lenny Wilkins, Robert Parrish, Dolph Shays, hello, another Syracuse guy. But I want to go back to Robert Parrish for a second. And I promise you, I will spin back to LeBron James. But Robert Parrish played until he was, I think, 41 or 42 years old. Okay? Robert Parrish, what he did, Carl Malone, the, the longevity that these players have had is insane. You look at the NFL, some guys, okay, Terrell Davis, phenomenal running back. For what, two, three years? Then injured? I mean, we look at Emmett Smith lasted. Barry Sanders lasted. Walter Payton lasted. There's a lot of guys that just survived the test of time, but who does it now? I mean, we look at the NFL right now. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. And Ezekiel Elliott, we don't know. The Giants have had a stable of backs. Nothing's come out of that. Jay Ajayi, he looks good. Let's let's call it between Philadelphia and Miami. Let's 
say he's had two and a half to three good years. Skins, still looking for their guy. Chicago, up in the air. Detroit, still looking for their guy. Green Bay, still looking for their guy. Minnesota, still looking for their guy. Atlanta, Devontae Freeman, not bad. Okay, jury's still out on the longevity of that. Carolina, they have Cam Newton. New Orleans, looks really pretty. It's one good season. We got to hold out and see what happens. Tampa, still looking for their guy. Arizona, if David Johnson stays healthy, let's see. Can he be like Marshall Falk? The Rams, Todd Gurley, we could be seeing something here. But I'm through almost the entire 16 teams in the NFC, and what did I say this whole time? Still looking for their guy. It's not what it used to be. San Francisco, still looking for their guy. Seattle, still looking for anybody. We go to the AFC, Denver, looking for their guy. Kansas City, Kareem Hunt, great rookie season. Let's see what happens. Melvin Gordon for the Chargers, pretty good couple years. Let's see what happens. Oakland, still looking for their guy. Tennessee, still looking for their guy. Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette, looked beautiful. Power back. First time that they have a franchise back. I told you before this season even happened. I said this could be their first franchise back since Fred Taylor. But we got to see what happens. Colts, looking for their guy. Houston, looking for their guy. Baltimore, looking for their guy. Cincinnati, looking for their guy amongst everybody that they have. Cleveland, looking for their guy. Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell, not bad, right? He's up there. Buffalo, looking for their guy. Miami, looking for their guy. New England Patriots, they don't really care. Looking for their guy. Jets, looking for their guy. 32 NFL teams, and who did I say? Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and who? Two out of 32? Melvin Gordon, maybe? Three out of 32? It's not what it used to be. It's very, very difficult to have longevity and prominence. Which brings me all the way back, as I promised you I would do, to LeBron James. He has longevity. And he has prominence. And he is damn good. And you cannot logically, rationally come to any microphone, bless its heart, and tell that microphone to tell the world that LeBron James, he ain't got it. This man has put a team on his back. And I don't like teams like this. I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't like teams like this. I don't like teams where everybody's kind of like, Staring at one guy, hoping that he does it all, and they're just going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't like that. I like when a team is a team. I like when the Spurs, I love when people say, the Spurs are one of the most boring teams in the history of the NBA. Multiple championships, consistently making the playoffs, and before Golden State got good, number one, number two in the West, Forgive me if boring is not one of the greatest damn things to be in the universe if I'm the San Antonio Spurs. I'll be boring all day long. That's like me saying I'm accepting... That's like me telling you I get an Academy Award every few years for playing roles that make people fall asleep in the theater. Obviously, that's not true, or I wouldn't be getting the awards. So the San Antonio Spurs... I mean, the boring... I, I don't get it. But I like teams, okay? I like what the Dallas Mavericks used to be. I like what San Antonio has been. That's what I, I like teamwork. Boston, for goodness sakes. No Gordon Hayward. No Kyrie Irving. Didn't friggin' matter. 
And don't forget historically what they did this year. Don't say, well, they, they lost game seven. So, you know, 10 years from now, you're like, who did Cleveland play in 2018 and that game seven when they got to the final? Don't forget about Boston. Because I told you last year at the end of last season, after the finals, if anybody's going to beat Cleveland within the next two years, it's the Boston Celtics. And they were a few points away. What, nine points away? from beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 7 without Gordon Hayward, who's supposed to be a prodigal child now, and without Kyrie Irving. So LeBron James has done so much with nada, and I'm not trying to disrespect the careers of other people, but holy sweet mother baby Jesus, do something! How do you... Kyle Korver, where do you go? Where do these players go? They're there, and then they're gone. The only consistent Cleveland has... The only consistent Cleveland has is LeBron James. What does Golden State have? Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Well, he doesn't score a lot of points, Dan. Yeah, but he's a nuisance. He's Dennis Rodman. He gets in your head. He bugs the hell out of you. And you know what? People hate his guts. People hate Dennis Rodman. You know why they hate these people? Because they're so good at getting in your head. Don't let people get in your head. If I'm playing Draymond Green and I let him get in my head, I might as well sit my butt on the bench. I lost the game. Laugh in his face. He's laughing in yours. And have a good time. You think he's insane? Maybe he is. You think he's the Kanye West of basketball? Maybe he is. But guess what? He's got rings. He has rings. That's what he has. You can think whatever you want to think of Draymond Green. I know Johnny's going to kill me for this because he doesn't like Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is going to be who he is. The Golden State Warriors are warriors. Cleveland is the goal is the Cavalier period. There's no zzz. There's no S on that thing. It's the Cleveland Cavalier and a bunch of other people that came to join the party. It's like a Cavalier came into town, went into the saloon, and got a bunch of half-drunk people to come out and kind of play a basketball game. You don't believe me? Then ask me why J.R. Smith ran to the ran to the sideline and had no idea what the hell was going on okay it's like gaston going to come after the beast but the beast has who lumiere cogsworth mrs potts chip there's a lot of stuff going on and maybe if you think of draymond green as chip you could sleep better at night because chip is a sweet wholesome wonderful character which a lot of people don't think draymond green is but it's a team it's a unit it is warriors versus LeBron James. So if he wins any game in this series, he is one of the greatest of all time. I will fight you on Michael Jordan. I will fight you on that story. And we'll go back and forth forever in a day because I think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. But I think LeBron is up there. Okay? He is up there. People argue Kobe Bryant. They argue LeBron James. They argue Michael Jordan. Some people squeak in Magic. Some people squeak in Bird. Some people squeak in Kareem as the greatest of all time. And they all deserve the respect that they have earned. They earned. They have earned that over the years. I don't like the word deserve, so let me throw that out of the t- today's show. They've earned the right to be in that conversation. They've earned it. But... I got to put Michael Jordan up there at the top. I have to. But LeBron James is doing this thing by himself. Let's get to what we have to say here. What did Johnny say? 
Johnny said a whole new world because he was obviously at home singing. So when I mentioned Aladdin, what do we have here? Uh, he said legends never die. What else did Johnny say? He's he's top two. The guy is playing the best of his career. He's 33 at the peak of his game. Still has a lot of game left. That's the scary part. Speaking on LeBron James. Orange Avengers said basketball kings are temporary. Basketball gods are forever. MJ for life. Uh, Johnny said I loathe Draymond Green. I expect no less from you, Johnny. Orange Avengers said there's no question LeBron is in the conversation. He is hands down one of the best ever to play the game. Yeah, he is. He is one of the greatest ever to play the game. That's, I mean, you can't, listen, people don't like Tom Brady, okay? People do not like Tom Brady. However, Tom Brady is one of the greatest athletes ever. Now, there's still a part of me that thinks that someday we're going to find out that there's a certain well or fountain that the Patriots have found, or maybe the Holy Grail, and that he drinks out of it every year, and we find out that he wasn't this good, they just had a potion. There is a part of me that believes that that's true. But, the overwhelming 97% of me, there is 3% that believes that theory, folks. I'm trying to keep hope alive for you. 97% of me, Tom Brady is a phenomenal athlete. He is one of the best of all time. He is not as good as... I don't want to even say that. I was going to say he's not as good as maybe he used to be in certain things, but that's not true. I'm going back to the Jacksonville game. I was on site covering that game, the AFC Championship game. He never went the full length of the field. You realize that? He never had to go the full length of the field to score a touchdown because Jacksonville had penalties and they gave up 38 yards and 47 yards, and they, you know, they didn't help themselves. And if Tom, what I'm trying to get at is if Tom Brady's on your 12-yard line, he's scoring every time. Like, just come to – just understand – that there's a 99% chance he's going to score, as opposed to another quarterback that might throw an interception, goof up. Tom Brady's one of the greatest of all time. People hate his guts. Why? Because he's one of the greatest of all time. People hate him because he wins. Do you ever go home to your parents and say, such and such hates me, I don't know why, and your parents go, well, they're jealous. And you go, why, Mom? That's not They're not jealous of me. They look like they got everything. Hello? How many people hate Tom Brady? That's jealousy. Because what has he done besides win championships? Did he kill a puppy? No. Did he run over somebody? No. Is he flipping up middle fingers and getting drunk in clubs at 3 o'clock in the morning? No. Why do people hate Tom Brady? Because they can't stand that nobody else is winning. Why do people hate LeBron James? Because they can't figure out how somebody is making it to the NBA Finals alone. And you can dislike him up and down the corner. Hate's too strong of a word. Grandma always said that. Don't hate anybody. It's too strong. You can dislike whoever you want to dislike. Don't hate anybody. LeBron, why do you dislike him? Because he wins. Why does Johnny loathe Golden State? Because there's too much firepower. It's like fighting someone who has 17 machine guns, and after all of that, you're, you're shooting with your little, what, golden gun from GoldenEye 007? They got machine guns coming your way, and you still are in the fight, and they come out with a grenade launcher. That is Golden State. 
It's why people loathed the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. It's why people loathed the Los Angeles Lakers with Kobe Bryant. Because they won all the time. Nobody's sitting here going, you know what, Dan? I I can't stand the Minnesota Timberwolves. I can't stand the Phoenix Suns. They got the number one pick, Daniel. Nobody cares. They don't win. Not yet. They used to, but not yet. Nobody loathes the Toronto Raptors. Fans may be frustrated, but nobody loathes Toronto. They're not a threat. They're a Raptor who goes to the playoffs and is declawed. They got no bite. They need some. Hatred is a very, 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 you know, did you ever have somebody tell you there's a, there's a fine line between love and hate, right? You hate LeBron, you hate Golden State. Why? Because they're so good. They're so good, it's frustrating. People who don't even like the NBA want to see somebody else. Anybody else. Anybody else. Not even your t- anybody else. Right? There's Boston fans, and then there was people that were like, please, Jesus, give me something else. There's people that were Houston fans. Johnny! Johnny was a Rockets fan for a series. Because he wanted to see something other than Golden State. And I get that. I understand that. I feel your pain. But Steph Curry can shoot from my studio to Golden State. Steph Curry and I can be having an interview in studio now and he'll hit a three in California. Respect it. Respect it. It's, that's the funniest thing in the world that so many people tend to hate other people only for success. You don't hate somebody for failure, but they hate success. If you look inside your, deep in your heart, if you hate Steph Curry, deep in your heart, look, why do you hate Steph Curry? Because he makes every shot. Why did the Knicks and Spike Lee loathe Reggie Miller? Because he was the Nick killer. That's why they didn't like him. If Reggie Miller scored five points off the bench every third game, nobody would care. But love and hate are way too close, and that's because the best, the best at what they do, will always be hated for what they do. Because they're the best. Because they are champions. Because they know inside of them that nobody can stop them. We are watching some of the greatest players currently play in the NBA Finals. Don't forget about that. People are sick and tired of Golden State and Cleveland. And I get that. And I have my moments with that. But Steph Curry is one of the greatest, if not the greatest shooter of all time. People are going to talk about, is it Steph or is it Reggie Miller? Reggie Miller, to me, was the best shooter that I had ever watched. The best. And he shot so weirdly. 
He clicked his heels like he was going back to Kansas. He threw the shot up and had his hands separated instead of putting that arc straight toward the basket. His mechanics were not what I was told they were supposed to be. Yet, Reggie Miller made his shots. I have a Reggie Miller jersey still to this day that will eventually be hanging in the studio, and I'm mad at myself that it's not up here right now. I love watching Reggie Miller. Steph Curry may be better than that. We are watching some of the greatest moments that we might see in the next decade plus in the NBA. Who else makes you go, wow? Who else? We don't know what Gordon Hayward's going to do in Boston. Do the Brooklyn Nets make you go, wow? Do any, does anything the Knicks do make you go, wow? Other than the decisions that they make, make you go, wow, before you into the basin that is in your office. And if for people that don't know Basin, it's a trash can. But Philadelphia, where is my wow? Well, they have Ben Simmons now, Dan. Okay, well, again, consistency. Toronto, number one seed. Never won as many games as they had won that they did this year in a regular season. Never won that many at home, 34-7. and seven. And they were a play toy for LeBron James. They don't make you go, Wow. Chicago used to make me go wow. They don't make me go wow anymore. Detroit doesn't make me go wow. Indiana almost made me go wow if they had beaten LeBron James. But there's no wow factor going on right now consistently in Indiana. I think they've been building for a while. I think they've been a threat for a while. I think they're the most dangerous than maybe they've been since Reggie Miller. But there's also a vast mountain. If I say that they're the most dangerous that they have been since Reggie Miller, there's still a giant ocean between what they are now and what they were with Reggie Miller. The Milwaukee Bucks don't make me go wow. Well, Giannis, Dan, what about Giannis? Yeah, he's great. They don't make me go, wow. Atlanta doesn't make me go, wow. Charlotte doesn't make me go, wow. Miami, no. Orlando, uh-uh. Washington, mm, no. Denver, no. Minnesota, little bit. Because they've been trying to build like Philadelphia with young talent in the draft for years. since Kevin. They haven't been good since Kevin Garnett. And yeah, I know he went back. But he, they have not been good since Kevin Garnett came out of high school and Stephon Marbury was there. Let me take you back down the road. Oklahoma City, they make me a little wow. The Trailblazers don't make me go wow. Utah hasn't made me go wow since John Stockton, Carl Malone, and Jeff Hornacek. Shout out. And Greg Ostertag, what's up? Dallas does not make me go wow. Houston doesn't really make me go wow. They make me go, mm, but they don't make me go wow. Memphis, no wow. The Pelicans, they score a lot of points. Need some defense. No wow. San Antonio, they make me go wow because they're they're old and they're boring and they're stupid and it's a waste of time. Really? Top three. Top three. Look at consistency. Golden State was in the basement of the Western Conference until what? Recently. San Antonio went from David Robinson prominence to Tim Duncan prominence to Kawhi Lenny, Kawhi Leonard prominence, and even if Kawhi leaves, prominence. Okay, it is very hard to go from a dynasty player to another guy 
who becomes a dynasty player to another guy who becomes a dynasty player. And Tony Parker is how old now? 82? And he's still playing. So they make me go, wow. Sacramento doesn't make me do anything. Are they still here? Are they a hockey team? Phoenix doesn't make me go, wow. The Lakers don't make me go, wow. Although the Ball family makes me question my life. The Clippers don't make me go, wow. Golden State makes me go, wow. Golden State, Cleveland, make me go, wow. And San Antonio makes me go, wow. And Oklahoma City, a little bit of wow. There's 30 teams. But there's only a couple. Look at it. Who has those players that can change the game to this point? Cleveland and Golden State. So you may hate that it is what it is, but until somebody else makes us go, wow, this is where we're going to be. Until Ben Simmons gets consistent and stops thinking that he's a rookie in his second year, and until Oklahoma City gets consistent. Until Toronto figures out that you have to play after the regular season. Then there's only two teams that are going to make you go wow. So enjoy the NBA Finals. Because it's the best the the NBA has to give us. Enjoy it. What's our message here? What do we have here? People say they hate the Knicks. That's what Johnny said. Orange Avenger said, I had Dan tell me not to hate thanks to G-Mama. That's right. G-Mama will always live on in every single walk I take. Johnny hates the shimmy. He hates the Steph Curry shimmy. Johnny, I'm going to tell you something. Don't hate me for it. I was a three-point shooter growing up. Okay? I still shoot threes. I can still play. You told me we're playing horse. Make it happen. Okay? Because you said we were going to play horse. Let's play some horse. By the way, I shimmy too. We'll take a step aside. We'll come back with Darius Robinson in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com.
This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. He kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, and we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. It's different. We we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so, you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick Fil A restaurant. And then lastly. The impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have, for the first time ever on the broadcast, Darius Robinson. Darius Robinson joining me to speak on his recruitment, the sport of football and his connection to it. He is incoming for 2019's football recruiting class on the defensive line, and I'm very happy to have him here and proud to have him here on the broadcast. Darius, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And Darius, I want to I wanna rewind all the way back to the beginning for you. What brought you into the sport of football in the first place? What ultimately connected you with this sport in the beginning? Well, in the beginning, I played football from when I was real little, about kindergarten, all the way into sixth grade. And then I realized that I didn't really like want to play football anymore. So I didn't play football my seventh, eighth, freshman year, sophomore year of high school. 
And then I realized, like, all the guys back home here in Michigan, they're getting all these crazy offers, and I'm seeing them play. They're not very impressive to me personally. So I said, you know what? I'm starting to get my love back for football, and I want to get back into the game. So I transferred to Canton High School my second semester of my sophomore year, and I got straight to work and got ready for my junior year. And, and when you look at, like you said, you know, you wanted to play, then you stepped away from it, then you were watching people play and weren't really impressed. How did that bring you back into it? Did you kind of just feel like, you know, hey, if they could do it, I can do it? I mean, how, what what ultimately watching other people and saying that it wasn't really impressing you, what ultimately brought you back? What ultimately brought me back is realizing that I can go to college for free and help my family out a lot. And just realize like that how much I really miss football and seeing that I know I can get it done and you know provide for my family and give me a way out of Michigan. And coming from Canton, Michigan, what can you say about you know growing up there and your experiences there? Uh, well, I grew up in Southfield, Michigan, most of my life. That was where I was born and raised. But coming out of Canton, Michigan, it's uh, it's home around here. The people are all nice. Everyone's real friendly, and they love our football team, so that's important. So there's a lot of love from the community. And when you look at your support system, your ride-or-die people, so to speak, what what can you say about those around you that are either blood or, or not blood and just connected to you? Who is the family that you have around you? When I, when I ask you the people that would be there for you no matter what, who are those people that come to mind? That's my mother. Uh, Valerie Robinson, she's my day one. She's been here with me through everything. It's my mom, my grandmother, Gwendolyn Lawson, she's here. My older brother, Reginald Robinson, he's a big bro in my corner, also like a father figure. Um, and then my god brother, Winston, he's real helpful with me. And uh, this whole decision and really just family, like, helped me with academics and things like that. Just another brother to me. And, and when you when you have this, I know you brought up your grandmother and, you know, obviously um, for me personally and a lot of people that have listened to the show know this, my mom's mom lived to be a hundred and a half and nine days and to live to be a hundred years old. I wanted her for a hundred more. There was never there's never going to be a second where I don't want her here. And the crazy thing about it is since she's passed away, I think she's she's very much here and around me and 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 I mean I I don't I don't I can't adequately being a broadcaster speaking for a living I can't even put into words how wonderful of a person she is so I I'd love to ask you about your grandmother since you mentioned her and and just why you know she's so special to you and the relationship that you have with her Uh, at least about my grandmother is real special I didn't really have my grandfather for most of my life if you passed when I was younger so I didn't really get a chance to spend time with them, but my grandmother, she's always been there for me. She's like the second mom for me, and she helps my mom so much, especially when I was younger, getting me to practice and stuff, because my mom had to work for real long hours, and my grandmother, she would, like, give me to practice, things like that, take care of me, spend time with her, and she's just a real special lady in my life, and I just want to see her happy. And when you look at your family and and like and wanting to see them happy and, and wanting to have the best in life, this avenue, this road for you, what do you think you can do with football? Bring me into your dreams and your aspirations and, and how, you know, you intend to use this sport to help out those that love you so much. 
first I plan wherever I go to finish out school and get a degree for uh, business management because I want to be like a business owner, entrepreneur, things like that. So my plan is, uh, if it could go perfectly, go to school for four years, get my degree, make it to the National Football League, um, use some money from that to start up some businesses, learn how to invest in stocks, different things like that. So I'll become possibly a billionaire, just own a real big company and come up with a real great idea. That coming from Darius Robinson, who's here with us today, defensive lineman in the 2019 incoming recruiting class for college football. I'm going to read off these names, and we can discuss what's going on here. Iowa State, Purdue, Ball State, Boston College, Cincinnati, Central Michigan, Buffalo, Massachusetts, Eastern Michigan, Cincinnati, Miami of Ohio, Ohio, Northern Illinois, Toledo, as well as the Syracuse Orange, have all given you an offer. Bring me into your first offer and and just what that offer meant to you, because obviously the first one helps to start the domino effect. So just what you could say about your first offer. Well, first offer was from the University of Toledo. It was real special because uh, as of the football season, I wasn't really hearing a lot, so I was wondering, like, what are coaches not seeing? And then Toledo, they hit me up, and they invited me out to a junior day out of Toledo. I came out, they saw me, we talked for a while, and they offered me my first scholarship, which meant a lot to me because it was like, you know, the first one that I'll never forget. And uh, it was just a real special moment for me. And when you speak on some of the schools that you've been out to see, Miami of Ohio, Toledo, which was your first offer, as you had mentioned, Syracuse and Purdue. I'm going to start with Toledo. They were the first one to offer you. What was your experience like on campus? Uh, I'll enjoy my time at uh, Toledo. It was very nice, and the staff they were very friendly to me and my mother. Um, it just seemed like a real cool place to be at this time. Where do they kind of stand with you on everything? I know being your first offer is special, but how much weight do they, do they hold in the grand, grand scheme of things for you? They hold a, a great amount of weight. I most definitely, if I did a top five or top eight or whatever, it would definitely still be in my mind. And then as far as Purdue, just what you could say about your experience with the Boilermakers and what you took away from your time on campus there? It was like kind of out in the country, but it was like a real beautiful city, like that surrounded Purdue. And they had showed all the new and up and coming things that bring to the facility and how it's going to help the players and ultimately win more games. But they were, like I said, they were real friendly as well. They just looked for the best interest in me and just let me know the deal at Purdue. And then, as far as Miami of Ohio, just what you can say about your experience there. Uh, Miami, it was really unique. It was probably, like, the farthest place I've ever been to that was still in Ohio. This is very funny being from Michigan, but it was very nice. They had, like, a lot of new features to the team as far as, like, transfers and things like that. And the D-line coach is brand new, so interested to see what goes on there. And, and then as far as Syracuse, you know, when we look at schools like Purdue and Toledo and Miami of Ohio, not too far away from one another, but Syracuse is, you know, the the biggest track of all the visits you've had so far. What did you like about Syracuse? Uh, I liked everything about Syracuse. It felt like 
felt like I was still at home, which was I'm definitely looking for in the school I end up choosing. And it just it seemed like I was at home. And that's what I've been looking for. And uh, it was a very nice place. The coaches they let me know the deal at Syracuse as far as like what they want me to do, how I'll be able to get it done as far as my education and football. So that was very it was very like knowledgeable to know like what they what they can truly offer me. So it seems like from this conversation of the schools that you visited so far with Miami of Ohio and Toledo, Purdue and Syracuse, would it be safe to say that Syracuse was the most special visit you've had or or not? It would be. Syracuse was definitely my top visit so far. So where does that put Syracuse in the grand scheme of things? I know you, you got some time. I know you haven't made a decision yet, but where does Syracuse stand with you? Uh, definitely at the top of my list right now. At the top of my list. So of the 14 offers, you put Syracuse up top? Yeah, Syracuse would be definitely number one right now. And and what is the separation? I know you, you just spoke about it a little bit, but speaking here with Darius Robinson, 2019 incoming defensive lineman, what's the separation for Syracuse? What makes them so special to stand out, to go a little bit deeper into that? Uh, I would say is the relationship between – uh, coach Reynolds, who would be my D-line coach, and how he's really connected with me. Like, a lot of schools, they'll have people do, like, uh, only the recruiting coordinator talks to that player as far as, like, during the recruiting period. But Coach Reynolds, I'm not sure if he even recruits Detroit, but he's definitely reached out to me, which means that he's going to care for me because he would be my coach coming into Syracuse if I commit there. And that means a lot knowing that I can get to know the guy who will be my coach. So, Coach Reynolds, uh, Vincent Reynolds, that that holds a lot of weight with you, the amount of time and effort he's put into being around you and recruiting you. Right. What can you say about your relationship with him and what you like about maybe his personality or how he goes about his job? Uh, I like about how he's just honest. And if you don't like it, he's still going to tell you. and He's going to make sure you get your job done, whatever you're doing as far as like, education and football. He's going to make sure – you get it done, and he won't stop until you get it done, and he'll keep pushing you and pushing you to make sure you get it done. And like you said, you know, Syracuse definitely at the top of the list right now. When would you want to make a decision on your future? When are you intending to make a decision? Um, You know, I haven't, honestly, I'm going to sit down one of these weekends with my family and either figure out if I'm going to make it right before my season or right after my season. I'm just not 100% sure yet what I want to do. If you had to make it today, would it be Syracuse, or, or is there somebody else that's close? Um, uh, at most, 99.9% chance it would be Syracuse. So when you look at it, like you said, you want to sit with your family and decide if you're going to do this before the season or after the season – what are you leaning more toward? Would you like to wrap it up and then just focus on the season, or could you see this lasting longer? Um, I mean, I could see it lasting longer, definitely, because, you know, I've, I'm in love with Syracuse right now, but, you know, the whole point of recruiting piece is being able to see everywhere. And, you know, I'm just going to keep my options open. We kind of have, like, my mind already leaned to where I want to go, but... I'm definitely, I can see myself just waiting it out and see what else comes along with this wonderful recruiting process. 
And and when you have this recruiting process, and like you said, 99.9% leaning towards Syracuse, would you want to go through and do all your official visits? Or if you say that Syracuse is it, is that it for you? Um, I want to see myself take the all my official visits just to be 100% sure with myself and my decision that I make. And as far as showing you love and staying connected with you, is Syracuse a front runner for that? Do you feel like they're constantly, you know, when they're allowed to be in contact with you, that they are? Yeah, I feel like they've made me a priority, which means a lot, knowing like all the guys you can find from around the country and the fact that they stay on top of me and always checking in on, on me and things like things of that nature. That's really important to me. And they've definitely been on top of that. That coming from Darius Robinson, 2019 incoming defensive lineman with plenty of offers, over a baker's dozen of offers up to this point. Uh, before I let you go, Darius, I, I want to know about your time in Canton and just what you've taken away from Canton High School up to this point, how they made you a better player, and, and just what you could say about the experience so far. Uh, it's been a great experience. It's very unique coming in my second semester. I was really just a basketball player. I didn't lift that much. I wasn't as fast. And my coaches, uh, they got me right. My head coach, Tim Beckler, um, my D-line coach, Coach Buzz, they just they saw the potential in me and they worked it out of me as soon as I got there. And they've got me right. And I have a great relationship with all my coaches and my teammates. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's cool what's happening with my situation, but at the end of the day, we want to bring a state championship to Canton. So that's what we're trying to get done now. And when you look at what you've been able to do on the defensive line, how, you know, just, just the hopes and the desire for you in the future, are you more comfortable on the interior or the exterior of the line? Where would you like to be? I know you're written down as a defensive end, but is there versatility? Do you have a, a spot that you favor? Just what you could say in that respect. Um, I'd say I'm very versatile because on some some teams will play, I can do inside in a position. Other teams will play, I can do stand-up. And when I translate to the next level, it's whatever the coaches want me to do. To get done so we can win, I'll do it. I wouldn't mind going to stand up. I wouldn't mind going in my position. It's just whatever the coach sees fit. That coming from Darius Robinson of Canton High School in Canton, Ohio, with an opportunity with 14 schools at the time that were speaking here on decisions to be made and, and having those offers up to this point. Darius, uh, to leave on this note, mission statement for you if you could describe yourself not just as a football player but in general as a person what do you want people to know most about you uh, I want people to know most is that I care about my family and that family is the most important people to me in my life and they've gotten me to this point so far and you know I just want to make my family proud and that's all I want to do is be able to take care of my entire family, anything they need in a couple of years that I can provide and much more. That's just really is my my uh, motivation behind this whole thing is my family. That coming from Darius Robinson. Darius, I appreciate you coming on to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora today, and I look forward to following you through this process. would love to have you back on again. So I look forward to the opportunity, and if you'd like to come back, we'd love to have you. Thanks. I appreciate it.
This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily you know we bring in local produce we prepare to order in the kitchen we hand bread our chicken we hand spin our milkshakes it's it's great food it doesn't taste like fast food i, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a chick-fil-a restaurant it's different we, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here which is very different and deeper than good customer service and so I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Want to thank Darius Robinson for being a part of the show. 2019 defensive end who has a high interest in 
with the Syracuse Orange. That should make fans feel good today, this morning, waking up. Yesterday kind of felt like fall, so I guess that helps you out a little bit. But it should make you feel good and should make you feel wonderful to know that uh, Syracuse on this recruiting trail that I believe, you know, Scott Schaefer handled well. Obviously, Dino Babers is making some strides there as well. And it's not easy to transition from coach to coach and still have those relationships on the recruiting trail. So credit to Dino Babers for doing what he's doing to get this team in a position where, you know, there's people out there saying, yeah, you know what, they're 4-8, and eight, but I'm interested. And it's not an easy thing to do. You know, everybody wants to go on a winning team, but you got to find a message and a belief and someone that can show you kind of the way. Uh, if you're not a winning team, you still have to sell the program. So how do you do that? Well, you find the things about your program that separate you, that make you different, that make you special, and you hang your hat on those things and the mission that you have and what you're trying to do. Not everybody's going to win a championship. There's only one champion every year. But if you have the right recipes and the ingredients to success, as Utica Pizza Company knows so well, then there is opportunity for you in the future. Now, and as, as he was talking about with Toledo, Syracuse, Ohio, and so on and so forth, a bunch of different offers here, Buffalo, uh, Iowa State, Purdue, and so on and so forth. And you got to hear Darius Robinson give his thoughts on those teams as well as with Syracuse. And as we move forward, speaking of Syracuse, we're going to get on the line Coach Q, who will be with us live here in just a moment. Coach Q joining us from the Syracuse Orange women's basketball program, the head coach of the team, with a top eight recruiting class coming in for this upcoming 2018-19 season. So we'll take a fast break. We'll come back with Coach Q in just a second. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. 
That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You can check out everything, over 500 articles, our videos, our show archive, and so much more. All the partners that we work with by going to WakeUpCallDT.com. Dot com for free content about Central and Upstate New York, of course, Syracuse, and so much more. Here on the show with us once again is Coach Q, Quentin Hillsman, the head coach of Syracuse women's basketball with a top eight recruiting class for 2018-19 coming in, and it's always a great conversation when you have Q on the show. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. Now, you and I, we have to take a step aside from, from basketball for a second. I found out yesterday that you and I suffer from the same thing, and that's not, I'm not going to call them allergies. I'm going to call them Central New York allergies because those are worse. So we, we, how you doing this morning? How you feeling? I'm doing good, man. Got some, got some heads up in me last night, and if we get some rest, and we start off today good, so let's keep our fingers crossed. All right, so I, I feel like it's just, it's better when you're in the Bahamas. It's better when you're in Florida. Maybe that's why you have all those games out there because it just seems to feel better in the South. Well, I tell you what, you can you can you can, you can, you can go two ways. Either you're gonna go there and feel better, or you're gonna go there and feel worse. I can take that out of ten. It feels a little better. So I, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Absolutely, and and I know we've spoken about it before, Q. But you know this class that's coming in top eight recruiting class in the country. You and I spoke about this a little bit off the air. Just in your opinion, what it takes to kind of, you know, create that mindset and that buzz. You know, I was talking before the break about the fact that, you know, there's one champion every single year. Obviously, there's a lot to be said about what UConn has done throughout the years. So because there's one national champion everybody else can't say you know what we run we won the trophy so when there's a selling point of Syracuse and your mission and what you're trying to do what helped you turn the tide at Syracuse what helped you kind of rip down the old walls and put up some new ones well I I mean really a lot of it is just Syracuse itself you know the the education he was fantastic I think that you know, you have a you have a national brand, you have a national name. No one's guessing. You say you're Syracuse University, they're not guessing who you are. It's not like you're in North Carolina, you're North Carolina, North Carolina State, North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T. I think I said this once before. And our branding of our university is tremendous, and I think that that helps a ton. Secondly, you know, we have players that's in the pros. You know, we have over over 20 active players playing professional basketball, whether it's WNBA and Europe or just in Europe. And um and that helps a lot because there's a lot of opportunity for women in, in, in pro sports and obviously going to the final four and winning helps helps a ton too. But but even before that we just really just sold university and we knew what kind of team we had, we knew what kind of coaches we had and, and it worked out good for us. And when you look at that, that connection to the WNBA, just what you could say about, you know, for the people that don't know, with your time at Syracuse and, and for the years that you've been there 
just you know some of those people that have moved forward that are currently playing and they're a part of the WNBA because I think it's a pretty amazing story that's you know now when you come through Syracuse and you have that name and they're a part of your program there is this respect within the WNBA to give these young women a chance just what you can say about some of those alumni that have had the opportunity to play inside of the WNBA. Well, the WNBA is a tremendously tough league to crack into. I want a, a league that a league that only has 12, 12 teams currently that are that are that are active. So for you to even get an invite to a camp is a tremendous feat. Uh, we've we've had over, I think probably right around ten players that's gotten invites to, to camps. We've had um, three three first round picks. Well. Well, 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 three, three, three picks with, with, um, excuse me, with uh, obviously Brittany Sykes being in the first round, um, Taylor Alexander being in the first round, and both those guys being lottery picks. And for all intents and purposes, Alexis Peterson is the same because um, her team only had a pick in this. Their first pick was in the second round, and she was their first pick of the second round. So if they had a first round pick, she'd have been quote unquote a first round pick also. So I think that when you when you look at that alone. And the program is is doing what it what what it's designed to do, and, and it's to win first of all. And secondly, we're getting opportunities for our players to play in the league, and that's important. Speaking here with Coach Q Quentin Hillsman, Syracuse women's basketball head coach. You brought up a couple players that I wanted to discuss here today. Uh, Brittany Sykes being the first one that I want to speak on. Just what you could say about what what she did while she was at Syracuse. She battled back from injuries. She decided to stick around and and have another go at it. And then you know that's a player that rose to the WNBA, got onto the all rookie team in recent history here and, and has continued her special story. Just what you could say about Brittany Sykes, who never gave up on herself, never gave up through injury and obviously has something to hang her hat on for it as she moves forward. Well, I think that's exactly it. I think you pretty much just said it. I mean, just a very resilient young lady who refused to let injuries or, or anything else hold her back from playing at, at the next level and it's it's always good when you can see them playing at, at the next level but they're also doing good things at, at the next level and she's playing well um one of her it's funny this morning on top 10 plays one of her blocks was on top 10 plays she blocked ran chased down the kid in transition and blocked the shot on the backboard it says it says, it says a lot about her athleticism and what she's done after having two knee surgeries i mean who 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 does that after the surgery still come back and have the kind of career she's having in the in the league so she's She's been a tremendous, she's been a tremendous um, player in the league. Obviously, a fantastic high school and 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 college player. And moving on to, to the league, and got invited to USA Basketball on this summer, and, and had a had a very good showing there. Played USA Basketball in um, in high school, so just 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 a great career and a well deserved career at that because she works for it. And then uh, Kayla Alexander, just what you could say about what she's meant. I know she makes her way and finds her way back to Syracuse here and there, just what you could say about what she has become and the type of player that you had while she was there and, and kind of her story because she has another special story to tell. And and, I, and obviously, you know, I, I would imagine being on the recruiting trail that mentioning a name like Kayla Alexander could help you out a little bit. That's no question. I mean, I mean she's the first one, you know. She came through and had a, had a, had a great career, scored over 2,000 points, became an all-time uh, rebound leader um, here at Syracuse. And, just a remarkable young lady. Um, a very good and uh, I mean a, a top tier aspiring artist. She, she has a she has a little business business that she runs, but she's 
does artwork, which is tremendous. Um, she just is a, just just a well rounded human being. I mean, it, when you think of great people, that's who you think of in our program. And she's definitely probably the benchmark for being a great person, along with a great player. And speaking of great people on your staff, uh, Coach, I know that you and I have spoken about this before, speaking here with Coach Q on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We've had the discussion of it's not just you, it's the staff as well. Von Reed's been with you for a while, associate head coach, uh, Adney Amadou, Tammy Reese, uh, Cedric Salas. You have this group together that has really created something special. I know in the in the past few years, Adney came back to Syracuse and and with Vaughn, I mean, Vaughn's been up, down, and around the corner and all over the place. And I remember when he first came in to what he's done up to this point, just what you can say about Tammy and Vaughn, Adney, and, and Cedric, and, and just what they do to help your job be that much better at Syracuse. Well, they're, they're the reason. I mean, you can, you can cut this in slices any way you want to, but at the, at the end of the day, they're, quote-unquote, the first line of defense. You know, when, when you – you walk into our office and you walk into a, a, a situation of where you have to, where you, where you have to troubleshoot something or you have to, you know, take care of your athletes or you have to be in situations to make sure that they're doing the right things. And, and most of all, the recruiting, they do most of that. And, and that's, and that's, and that's so important. I mean, you, you, you have to have a good staff. You guys have to be talking, talking, talking the same language. I think that's that, that's the most important thing in forming a good staff is you got to all talk the same language, you're all on the, on the same page, but but you all also have a voice and you have to agree to disagree and walk away with the with the best way to attack things. And it's always not my way; it's not always the best way. And and we do good at being able to kind of troubleshoot that and figure out what's the best way to do it and attack it that way. And to to see, you know, kind of what this this staff has become and and evolved into for you to be at the head of this thing, you know, there's 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 always a question when there's success and improvement of, you know, what keeps a coach there, what does it? What is it about Syracuse that keeps you around, that keeps you at the helm of this program? You know, there there was people that, you know, wouldn't talk at all about Syracuse women's basketball when I came back here in, into the city. And, you know, we look almost a decade ago, and then little by little, there's more of a conversation. Then fans start going to sites and saying, I want more Syracuse women's basketball stuff. Why aren't we writing stories? Why aren't we tagging this? Why aren't these people involved? And there's been this movement of let's support it, let's get after it, look at what they're doing, why is, why is this not being talked about enough? And I love seeing – people get around the program, and as you grew, they grew with you. What keeps you in Syracuse? I, I might have answered the question because of the support, but just what you could say about what keeps you here as you knew that it was an uphill climb to get to where the team is currently at right now. Well, that, that is a lot of it. It's the, it's the people. I mean, when the people here are, are tremendous, and, and, and anytime you can get around good people and people that will support your program, and people that will that will that will that will come out and 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 help your athletes get a home crowd that's that's respectable. You have to really gravitate to that. And it's funny because you talk about other jobs in the country that that you know people deem to be more attractive than the than the, the being at Syracuse. And for me, I don't know if it is. We're in the best conference in the country. We have a tremendous administration that is backing us and is helping us through all of our situations, starting back to. Nancy Cantor and Daryl Gross and moving forward, 
into um Chancellor Silver and um and to John Wildhack. I mean we we we've been fortunate to have people from the beginning and, and through our transition and to the end that's 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 that has continued to put an emphasis on women's basketball because the second they they stop doing that we can't win. And 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 they're doing a very good job of of supporting us and helping us through all of our situations here. Um and we have a great right support with the win. Coach, when we look at, I spoke with uh, with Katie Kalinsky about this too, about about the women's game and, and respecting the women's game and growing in the women's game. You and I have talked about it before. Where do you think things are are at right now? I mean, collegiately, I know that that there seems to be more, obviously, a lot more of a focus. But when you look to the WNBA and and you look to the evolution of opportunities for women in basketball, where are things at right now, and where would you like them to be at this point? Well, I think you know you, you can you can talk a lot of things globally, or you can talk you know nationally. I try to focus on right here, and I think that right here at Syracuse, we're in a we're in a we're in a great place because we're able to able to do the things that we need to do and to be successful. We're, we're, we're able to to recruit quality student athletes, and we're able to um to really have to have the backing and support um to win. And for me, you know, if you you have to you have to kind of kind of kind of kind of take care of your take care of your house first. And they kind of move, they kind of move, move outward. And I think that we 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 we've done a good job of taking care of our house first, and that's what's most important to me. And it's just to make sure we have a great product to put on the floor. Lastly, for you today, Coach, you put up a lot of inspirational quotes every day. I want to ask you why, why, why get up in the morning and and do these things? Why you know try to impart some knowledge and wisdom with others just to get your feel because you know there's things that you put out there that inspire me and I wanted to kind of gauge you know what made you do it what made you kind of just say you know this is who I want to be on social media well it's funny because I, I'm, I'm really not a, not a tech guy you know this it's not my strong suit here you know <laughs> but but I can tell you you know when you when you're when you're very grateful and you're thankful and you're fortunate to be where you are, I think there's a responsibility to, to try to, to to give back and to try to you know give some of your perspective. And I know sometimes people you know will, will, will ask certain certain questions, and I try to just you know give as give as much as I can back to the game, give as much as I can back to to the people that's that's been around me and helped me to be successful. And I think it's, it's, it's just so important that you don't forget. And I've just never forgotten where I came from and how this thing started. You said something recently here, take time to do things that are impossible to regret. Laugh, love, and give. I want to ask you about that one for the words you used. To do the things that are impossible to regret, laugh, love, and then obviously give to others. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, when you, when, you, when you think of moments, moments that moments that you re, you regret are probably in the moments where you where you got involved in things, or you or you or you or you put yourself in situations to where they weren't fun, and you couldn't laugh, you know, and you couldn't love what you were doing because it was a it was a it was a it was a feat or a situation that you probably shouldn't have shouldn't have been involved in, and, and to and to give. I mean, how was what 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 greater love? Is there meant to um, to give? And normally, when you give, it, it, it makes someone happy, and they tend to laugh. They tend to, tend to be happy. They tend to have a good day. So I, I think it's important that you that you do everything for that reason, and have to give to receive. I think it's important. And and in closing, you have your Quentin Hillsman Elite Camp for 2018, August 4th and 5th. 
9th to 12th graders, and the information is up on social media. They can register at QuentinHillsmanBasketballCamps.com. Just to speak for a couple minutes on this camp, why people should send their kids out here and, and just what they're going to take away from it, what your mission is to have the kids out in early August. Well, we have a, we have a, first of all, we have a, we have a great staff in place. We have a lot of people that's going to be around, around our camp and working our camp that's going to be able to, to give quality, high-level instruction that's going to be able to, to, to be around and, and, to, and to really help young, young players become better players. And just a, just a camaraderie. I know a lot of my lifelong friends that I met and played with in high school, through college, and even when I played over in Europe, were people that I met in basketball camps. And I, was, I never forget those moments. It's a great moment to get around people who have like interest in what you have and to, and to learn and to, and to come out and be around high-level teaching. That coming from Coach Q, Syracuse women's basketball head coach. A lot of stuff coming down the pipeline with Coach Q, and very excited about it here at Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. As always, Coach, I appreciate it, and uh, I tell you to stay classy, but we all know how you dress, so have a good day. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. You do the same. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye. That coming from Coach Q once again, Syracuse Orange women's basketball. Take a quick step aside. We're coming back with Rob Drummond. We have a conversation to have. The Eagles have been uninvited to the White House. Doug Peterson, the head coach of the team, is going to be discussing that in a press conference this morning. Rob is going to be discussing that as a member of the Eagle Brethren. He was a Philadelphia Eagle, and once a Philadelphia Eagle, always a Philadelphia Eagle. He'll be discussing his thoughts on how that hit home to him, even though he wasn't on the current roster, as well as the NFL anthem policy and how the NFL may be missing the message that was trying to be sent. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and always proud to have the gentleman that's coming on the show here in just a second. That is Rob Drummond, and Rob, very humble guy, doesn't go out there and speak about himself. That's not his way. He likes helping other people. So I like to take the opportunity when I do the intro for him to say that's playing at Syracuse, one of the undefeated, okay? There's two undefeated teams ever, 1959, 1987. Rob Drummond was in the backfield in 1987 and had a phenomenal season and had a great bowl game as well. Back when you could tie bowl games, so the SEC was trying to hang with Syracuse when they couldn't in that game, and Rob Drummond being a part of that history, as well as moving on to be a Philadelphia Eagle. We're here today to discuss everything that's going on with the anthem, the NFL's policy, and the uninvitation, the the retracted invitation that was supposed to be given to the Philadelphia Eagles, with Rob being a Philadelphia Eagle in history, just what that means to him. So with all that being said, we proudly welcome to the show one of the best personalities that I've ever been around and, and one of the best people, and that is Mr. Rob Drummond. Rob, how are you doing today? You know I'm doing great. I talk to you all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's the pleasantries of the show. Every I, I love that you do that, though, because it, you know, it, it, it's a great thing because it's like, you know, Rob's every time. What For how many years? Rob, how you doing today? He's like, can I talk to you 15 minutes? And we asked me how I'm doing today. <laughs> we talked yeah. yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's always great to do your show. It's, it's like talking to one of our best friends. You know, it's it's it's, it's no big deal to us. It's just casual conversation for us. But it's it, it's good to get our message out that everyone needs to probably hear. You know, but it's cool. Always good to see you, my friend. I know it's always it's always good to see you too, man. You're everywhere, man. You're you're, yeah, you're at the, the airport. You're at the airport. Getting food. You're training people. I mean, you're all over the place, you know. And and you know what? And 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 Rob knows my Rob's good to mama, so that's what matters. Oh but, yeah, oh that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. She's crazy, Rob. We know that, but she's awesome. She's a good person. So she is. Yeah, we appreciate that. So with with that being said, and and with our pleasantries out of the way of pretending that I haven't spoken to Rob in a year. But uh, you know, as far as as far as the Eagles and and what's going on with this, I mean, you played for the Eagles. When you're a part of a team, you're there forever. And they got uninvited to the White House, which I take as you know the president saying so many people have refused my invitation. So my kind of clap back to you is to take my invitation away before you can officially refuse it. What do you think about, you know, I've never known in history a, a president who has who has rescinded an offer to come to the White House to a championship team. What are your thoughts on, on being an Eagle and, and knowing that that happened to your team after they won their first Super Bowl? Um, it just, uh, to, to me personally, it just says a lot to the testament of who Donald Trump is as a man. Um it's, and it's not the first team they did. They did the same thing with the Golden State Warriors because Steph Curry didn't want to come to the White House mood. So all of a sudden, Donald Trump gets mad and his ego and his narcissism and everything kicks in. It, I'm not about Donald Trump supporter at all. Actually, I don't like the man at all, not one bit. But I don't like the man because of who he is as a person. You know, I, I, I used to respect the office of the presidency. I don't anymore because it, they, they turned it into, into a circus. Um, as a human being, I sit here... 
and and you know my, my father was murdered 20 years ago but i forgave the young man you know that did it and, and if that young man ever wanted to come out and, and try and speak to me and try and have a conversation and talk to me of course i would because that's what we do as human beings we have forgiveness in our heart we have empathy we have understanding to try and be better people you have to listen to the you know the, the wrong side in order to understand and try and make it the right side so you can never shun or shut someone out you've always got to be able to listen to him but for donald trump it's about if i can't get my way then no one gets it at all and he shuts everything out that's his narcissism and that's the ego inside of him kicking in and it's just sad to see a man in, in a position of power that can make such a difference not because of his ego and his childhood mentality i mean it's frustrating to watch i mean and i, and I sit here and say to myself if he was choking right in front of me, I'd let him choke, you know, and then I sit here and I ask my God, you know, God, is that wrong to think like that? And my God always tells me, he's like, you know, Robert, you have to do what's right, what's in your heart. It's like, you know, do you think a man should sit here and die because he's a bad person? I'm like, no, but why am I going to save somebody who could be a detriment to this planet or a detriment to this world? You know, I have children that I that I, that I want to see grow up and flourish around good people. I want to surround myself, and you know this, with good people. I don't want to be around people who are bad or people who want to go out there and shoot up schools or people who want to go out there and hurt children or hurt women. Or I don't want to be around people like that, you know. But unless someone shows me who they are, I can't, you know, I'm not psychic, so I can't figure out who a person is. Donald Trump shows us every single day who he is as a person. He has no empathy for others, no caring for others, no understanding for others. Here's a team where, all right, 10 guys at least wanted to come to the White House and meet you. You know, but you couldn't get the photo ops. And for him, it's all about status and symbol. And if I don't get 100,000 people to come to my event, I don't want it at all. It's like, wow, you're so small-minded and you don't get the bigger picture of life. It's not about you, Donald Trump. It's about life and, and inspiring others. And I say this to my children all the time. The day you understand, the day you learn how to inspire someone else, especially children, is the day you become a great person and understand what it's like and what are the what are the chances of you getting into heaven. Great if you can if you can inspire others, you know, and, and do things that God's want. And he does, he doesn't does not get that. I have no respect for that man at all. Speaking here with Rob Drummond, a, a member of the Philadelphia Eagles history, Tory Smith put up and obviously Tory Smith played receiver for the team most recently. Yes. He he said in response he, he took a picture of the release uh, from the White House and it says a statement by the president. The Philadelphia Eagles are unable to come to the White House with their full team to be celebrated tomorrow. They disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem based uh, or hand on heart. Damn. They always stood for the anthem. Not, not one eagle in two years ever took a knee. <laughs> they they stood. <laughs> well, and that's they, and that's they didn't the thing. Take a knee. Well, and that's the that's the fallacy. Is is as Tory Smith posted this immediate release that I wanted to get to, and, and Rob just spoke about here. It says, "Hand on heart and honor the great men and women of our military, people of our country." The Eagles wanted to send a smaller delegation, but the thousand fans planning to attend the event deserve better. These fans are still invited to the White House to be part of a different type of ceremony. One that will honor our great country, pay tribute to the heroes who fight to protect it, and, and loudly and proudly play the national anthem. I'll be there at 3 p.m. with the United States Marine Band, United States Army Chorus to celebrate America. Now, in this post, Tory responded and said to this press release, he said, here are some facts. Number one, not many people were going to go. Number two, no one refused to go simply because Trump, quote unquote, insists folks stand for the national anthem. 
And number three, the president continues to spread the false narrative that players are anti-military. And I think that this it's why I brought it up is is the notion that NFL players hate the military is a big issue that I have with where, this whole thing. Where'd that come from? <laughs> Honestly, where, 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 does, where does NFL players hate the military come from? Do people understand what the guys, the players took a knee for? I don't get that. I mean, I, I, I thought this country was civilized. I thought this country was educated. I thought the United States of America was a country of people who had visions and understanding and, you know, the, the, the fortitude to be able to sit here and understand you know what other people are going through. Do they know what in the hell the college campers took a knee in the first place for? Or are they so ignorant and blind that all they see is you know disrespecting the military, disrespecting the military? It had nothing to do with the military. It had nothing to do with the national anthem. It had nothing to do with the flag. It was a platform for us as black people to be seen on a national stage for something that we were feeling really as an injustice of black people being killed and murdered by police officers across the country. Do people get that through their thick skulls? Or do they, are they so ignorant and filled with so much hate that all they see is a black person taking a knee and that's disrespectful to this country? If Donald Trump was so damn patriotic, why didn't he go fight for this country? Please tell me that five times he deferred himself saying he had bone spurs, but he, all of a sudden now he's so patriotic? Get out of here. Please, he's such a hypocrite. It's 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 insulting. As hard as I work as a man every single day when I wake up to go out there and try and better this country, you know, as hard as I worked at Syracuse, as hard as I worked as a professional athlete to go out there and not just make myself a better a better person, but try and do things for my, my community. Try and go out there and do right do right things for children. Try and go out there and do do things for women and you know fight for all advocacy groups and things of that nature to make this place a better place. I gotta sit back and watch and deal with this narcissistic bonehead who sits here and makes things up about something that's not even a, it's a fallacy. And people buy into it and listen to him. You know why? Because they're filled with so much hate. There's so much hate in this country. It's unreal i have every reason in the world to, to hate but i don't my father was murdered by a young man and i don't hate that young man why would i that's not what god wants but it, it's it's it, it's amazing for me to sit back and watch some of the things that this man spews that comes out of his mouth and that he, that he gets away with and people follow him it's like he, he's like pt barnum there's a sucker born every day. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, and, and, I, and I was just reading something where he, he brought Kim Kardashian in to talk about, if you bring Kim Kardashian in to talk about any damn thing, you're an idiot. What does she know? <laughs> How hard has her life been? She's a pretty face that sits around there and goes in there. And she's a bobblehead. Are you kidding me? What intelligent conversation could you even have with her? Oh. What a frustrating country I live in, you know, and I, I, I can't, the only reason I'm not living in Canada right now where I want to retire is because my children are here and I got to make sure they're fine and they're safe before I blow this popsicle stand. I do not want to live in the United States. Not a, not one bit. I want to move to Vancouver, British Columbia, or I want to move to Toronto in a heartbeat. It's so relaxing there and the people are at least level-headed. We're not level-headed here. We got a bonehead, the most ignorant person I've ever seen hold the Oval Office in, you know, in, in, in my lifetime. And everyone knows I was not an Obama fan because I disagree with him. I think when a president gets in there, do things to enact change but bring people together. 
I keep people hear people saying, "All right, this country was so divided under Barack Obama." It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I talk to people every single day. They can't stand the U.S. because of Donald Trump and what he brings to the table. But people don't get that. I mean, it, it's it's like feeling. It's and and I chalk it up to the fact that I, I remember watching for 15 years. You will, as you well know, I was a professional athlete, and I would always see younger athletes come in, and I would see veterans not get these young athletes good advice and things of that nature because. They didn't want to see them take their spot. Whereas I was always like, you know, young man, if you're good enough to take my spot, I'm going to tell you every day. Because if you're good, good enough to take my spot, that's just going to make this team that much better. It's going to make me a better person because it means I have to work that much harder. Donald Trump is not like that. It's, it's, it, he thinks Mexicans are trying to take, Mexican, I, I hate saying that, but Mexican people are trying to take things away from him. He thinks, you know, Muslim people are trying to take things away from him. He thinks black people are trying to take things away from him. He thinks women are trying to take things away from him. It's like, what are they trying to take take away from you? They're just trying to be your equal. But he doesn't get that. That's 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 the part about not having empathy in your heart. He's a spoiled little brat who someone's given the keys in the city and he doesn't know how to handle it and doesn't know how to deal with it. It shows every single day. Speaking here with former Philadelphia Eagle, always Philadelphia Eagle, Rob Drummond, as well as member of Syracuse's history as well and a member of the CFL and, and a great friend of mine speaking on what's been happening in the NFL with the anthem fallacy as well as the the fallacy of what was spread the narrative about the Philadelphia Eagles and what's going on Rob the the new NFL policy I've never specifically read this on the air so I want to uh, speak to this and then get your thoughts on this the NFL's new anthem policy, It says, the policy statement, the 32-member clubs of the NFL have reaffirmed their strong commitment to work alongside our players to strengthen our communities and advance social justice. The unique platform that we have created is unprecedented in its scope and and will provide extraordinary resources in support of programs to promote positive social change in our communities. The membership also strongly believes that all team and league personnel on the field should shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Number two, the game operations manual will be revised to remove the requirements that all players be on the field for the anthem. Number three, personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room or in a similar location off the field until after the anthem has been performed. Number four, a club will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Number five, each club may develop its own work rules consistent with the above principles regarding its personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Number six, the commissioner will impose appropriate discipline on league personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. A, so equals to this, you may lose money and you may be suspended if... You do not stand for the anthem. You may be hit by the NFL, hit by the commissioner, hit by your team. If you do not come out and stand for the anthem, we will go after your livelihood. We may take away your job or we may blackball you and not allow you to be on our team. The opposite of freedom is inside of a policy about a flag that represents freedom. I'm gonna let you go on this one, Rob, because I can't. I because no, seriously, I'm like Rob, go because I can't. I can't look at this thing and say you're being forced to stand for a flag 
that stands for freedom to do what you want to do. And if you don't do it, if you don't stand for freedom and appreciate freedom, then your freedoms will be taken away. I just go ahead. <laughs> in, your, in, in that entire statement, the words I kept hearing you saying, you know, in their policy is respect, 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 respect. The fact that the NFL doesn't respect black players who took a knee for injustices, you know, perpetrated on us in this country and trying to bring attention to us says all it needs to say or says what I need to hear or rings rings clear clear to me. I'll never watch another NFL game again the rest of my life. Never. I I have disembowed. I love the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't get me wrong because the organization where I was good when I was there, but I'll never watch another NFL game there and they'll never get another dime from me. The disrespect they have for black people in this country is is, is asinine. To try to try and make it about an anthem when we're trying to sit here and say nationally, black men are being killed by those who took an oath to serve and protect unarmed. It's like you know it needs to stop. Is what we're trying to say. But as soon as we get a platform to where we can get national attention to a problem, you know, all of a sudden it's like it, 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 they take it away, you know, and they want to punish the players for it. Here's the thing. If the, if the NFL is sat here, sat here and says, like, you know what? Players don't have to come out for the national anthem anymore. I'd have more respect for them. I have absolutely no respect now for the for, for the 32 teams that are trying to perpetrate some BS. Trying, I hope no black person ever goes to another NFL game again. They're, they're the rest. I hope they play till they goes bankrupt. I really does. They'll never get another dime me. And I'm going to push for every single person not to support that organization. With these new leagues coming out, I'll support these new leagues. I watch college football. And I watch the CFL from now on. I'll never watch the NFL again because they've shown me who they are. It's back. It's basically back to being Jim Crow. It's basically back to us trying to get civil rights again. Why do? Why as black people do we always have to sit here and keep fighting for justice in America? I don't get it. Aren't we past that BS by now? Holy smokes! You know, you would think people would have empathy and understanding when a woman sits here and talks about this whole Me Too movement. I got it. I understood. I understand what women go through in this country, how they're, you know, they're, they're not given the same salary as men, how we, we as the aggressors with more testosterone and things of that nature are, you know, are bullies over them. I get that. You know, so when I empathize uh, besides with them, when they go through these things, it just, they just want to be equal. They don't want to be better. If they're better, great, but all they want to do is be equal. All we as black people in America just want to be treated as equal and given the same opportunity as our white counterparts. Is that, what are we, I mean, we're not asking for the keys to the city. And all these men taking a knee were doing was trying to bring attention to a problem that's going on in America. And everyone knows it. But they want to be ignorant about it and be like, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. Oh, we're not disrespecting. No one's disrespecting the flag. He told, uh, Colin Kaepernick talked to a, you know, a, a retired Navy or a retired veteran who told him, because the first time he did it, he sat down. Then a the retired veteran was like, you know what, it'd be, uh, it'd be more respectful, young man, if you took a knee. He told him that. So he took a knee. Who was it hurting? <laughs> but it's it's coming to that realization that and, and you and i i mean i guess we're gonna have to i mean can we can we say it at the same time rob what what the, it was it was never about the flag i mean can we say that again it was never it was about ne- the flag nope it was never about the flag and it was never about the military 
You know, and, and I don't know any NFL players who have told me to my face, I hate the military, I hate everything connected to freedom, I'd rather be in Nazi Germany, I'd rather be under Kim Jong-un's rule. I mean, I've never heard anybody say any of this to me. And I've known, I mean, I know from collegiate, from, from Pop Warner to high school to prep to college to professional, wherever they're playing, of all the players that I have met and had on this show and been in front of and sat down with and guys that you know that I know, I have never once heard one single person ever once in 15 years of broadcasting have I ever heard a football player tell me, F freedom, F the military, F the flag. I've never heard anybody say to me, I don't care about freedom. I don't care about who fought for this. I don't care about this. It's been the exact opposite. And here's the crazy thing, Rob. A lot of the kids I talk to don't have both of their parents. A lot of the kids I talk to have a really crappy situation. And 100% of those kids that come from bad situations and broken homes, they all believe in God. So explain to me how people who have nothing believe in something looking out for them. It's this crazy thing where people have everything in the world, they sit on high horses, and they don't believe in God. But the people that believe in God, believe in community, and just want to be treated as equal are the people that come from some of the worst stories I've ever heard in my life. Because they have, they, have, they have empathy, they have understanding, and they realize you know, that things can get better. If you don't surround yourself you know, or, or you don't get infected with a parasite or a virus, which is what I call Donald Trump. He's an absolute parasite and virus. That, but, the, the, but the good thing, the, the good thing though is, parasites and viruses can be eradicated. And I tell people, you know, you know, midterms elections are coming up in November. Those that can vote it in can get voted out. And this parasite, I mean, I don't, I don't care if if if, if, if they put a corpse up there to run against Donald Trump. I'm voting for the corpse. At least the corpse have has more empathy and more understanding than him. I've never seen in my lifetime. I'll be I'll be 51 this year. In my lifetime, I've never seen someone so helping on dividing a nation because of what he thinks is right. It's like that's you know, and 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 I hate this analogy because I don't I don't want to think of a person like that. But, but but that's that's what Adolf Hitler did. That's what Mussolini did. That's what Stalin did. I mean, they were they were so mentally. You know, narcissistic and ignorant in their own ideologies that no one was as good as them. Donald Donald Trump, the way if you ever listen to him talk, he thinks he's a a, a master race or, or someone who's high, highly. Uh, he calls himself highly intelligent, went to the best schools. Everything he does is about being the best, being the best, being the best. He's like a spoiled little brat kid that always needs to be the best. He wasn't loved as a child, and you can tell that anyone who was loved as a child. Always has more respect for themselves, and when you can have respect for yourself, you can have respect for others. He has no respect for anybody else. I mean, the man's cheated on all three of his wives. I mean, for God's sakes, you know. It, it, at one point, you know, if you cheat on your first wife, get it, have understanding. You know, I mean, and to get married again and do it again, and to get married again and do it again, it's like wow, you, you don't learn. You think you're you think you're better than everyone else. No one's better than anybody else. It's like my, my goodness! It's like who do you think you are? It's like you know, and and that's 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 the devil talking, you know. And and it's it's, it's sad, you know. And, and in my heart, I feel for him, and I feel for him because it's like you know he's gonna die a lonely death. And I say this all the time. Donald Trump, I mean, no matter how many people you know, he's gonna die a lonely man. 
when it comes time for him to cross over and go to that next level of, of, of what I call life, which is still living once after death, the place my father at to get into heaven, because everyone's going to be standing there watching him. God's not going to let him in. You don't deserve to get in. You don't deserve to get in because of what you have in your heart. You're, you're filled with hate, and you're filled with arrogance, and you're filled with ignorance. And God's not letting people like that into his kingdom. But, oh, well, that's him. I know how I am as a man. I know how he's not going to change me. And it's not he's not going to make me hate. There's no one on this planet that can make me hate. If the murder of my father can't make me hate, Donald Trump and his ideologies and the way he thinks is not going to make me hate. I accept Muslims. I accept Mexican people. I accept transgender people. I accept women. I accept anybody who's different than me. You know what? Because God told me to let them into my heart. Now, if you do something wrong to me, I can still forgive you. Yo, but I'm still going to accept you. I accept all human beings. And this man just turns... <laughs> Ugh, it's it's frustrating, you know, and I it's frustrating for me because I have to sit here and teach two young boys about, and for me, he's a great precursor to being able to go about the, go and show my sons what's bad about people. Watch this man right here. This is how you don't want to be. Be respectful, be caring, be willing to go out there and try and help others, you know, but just don't be, watch him. I don't have to explain it. They always ask me, especially the youngest, Jaden, always ask me, Dad, Donald Trump said blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah. They just like, don't ever be like that. He's like, why do you do that? I can't get into that man's uh, a man's head, young man. But it's like I know he's filled with hate. Maybe he wasn't loved as a kid. You know, I mean, you know me. I talk about my children all the time. When do you hear Donald Trump talk about his children? When do you see? When do you see like, like Barack Obama? Even with Obama, who I didn't agree with, you always saw him with candid shots around his family, around his children, around his kids, doting about his wife, talking about his children. When do you see that from Donald Trump? You know, you, you, you can't show love if it was never shown to you and you're not filled with it. You can't. I know you love your mom. I know you love your grandma. I know you love Kate. You know, I, you show it. I see it all the time. I don't see it from this guy any time at all. And, that, you know, and, and the thing is where we stand here today, you know, the hard part is knowing that we live in a society that has gone backwards. You know, we live in a society that that learns so much to learn absolutely nothing. And and the struggle and th but this is the thing and, and you and I talk about this all the time. I outside of outside of finding that which part of my family believes because we get so dark and because our name has shown up in Egypt that we may have Italian and African blood and not be 100%. Outside of that saying, okay, if I'm not African, well, then I can't understand. That's not fair. If I'm not a, a black man in society, I can't understand. You can understand, like you said, you're not a woman, but you understand. And I'm not a woman, but I understand. I look to my wife. I look to my grandmother. I look to my mom. I look to you. The thing about this world, well, as long as it doesn't happen to me, as long as they don't say it about Italians, as long as they don't say it about Hispanics, that's not how you can live in society. And, and Rob, for you, I think the biggest thing and the biggest frustration with me is that, like you said when you came on the show, you're one of my best friends. I would take a bullet gladly with arms wide open for you to stand in front and take that because I know the person that I'm taking that for and I know who I'm doing that for. My frustration in my life is that you and I have been friends for almost a decade because we met through Mark Jones, who is another phenomenal person, and we met through him. We did a show, to, and we we did an interview together. And I just was, I walked away from that. I walked to my car, and within, a, I think it was within three days, I was like, I really like this guy. I'm gonna give him a call. You know, I, I something about you stuck out to me, and you said that you're like, I like, I like what you're about. I like what you're for. And then all of a sudden, here we are today. 
I don't understand why society can't do that. And the thing that frustrates me more than anything is that I still, to this day, stood in a line at Wegmans on Route 57, and I was talking about the Roseanne show, and I, and I was talking to my buddy, and I said to Eric, and there was people listening, there's a lady in front of us, there's a guy behind us, and both, and both were white, and I said, you know, this Roseanne thing was out of hand, but everybody losing their jobs because of one stupid remark and one ridiculously ignorant woman, for her to say something that disgusting and everybody to suffer that doesn't feel that way is horrible. The lady in front of me turned around and she goes, yeah, she goes, I feel bad for the other people who lost their jobs who didn't say any of this stuff and don't feel this way. And then the guy behind me made a comment about black people and I looked at him and my head was like, don't even, don't get involved in this situation. I don't want to entertain this this man's disgust in 2018 any more than I'd want to do it in 1890. And God sent me in that moment. I turned away from the guy. I was like, I am not talking to him about his racism right now. And my fifth grade teacher interrupted our conversation. Didn't know she's working at Wegmans. She gave me a big hug and she said, Danny, how you doing? And I looked up at God and I was like, Thank you for that. But to live in Syracuse, New York, in my home, and to still have people make comments and say terms that they think are okay to refer to the African-American culture is beyond me. And I don't, I just don't want to leave this earth knowing that people will look at you, Rob, and treat you, Rob, the way that they shouldn't because of the pigmentation of your skin. That's all it is. It's pigmentation. But... I'm 32 years old and I was mad about this when I was eight. So I don't, I don't really, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't get why other people can't see that when you walk down the street and people go to the other side of the street, that that's a really, that's a really crappy way to treat, treat a human being. That's, you know, it's, it's the world of a black man every single day, you know, and, and that's been happening for over 400 years, but gosh forbid we bring it up. You know, it's like, why bring up the past? You know, some people say, but I'm not like that. I'm not a rapist either, but I understand the plight of women who are being raped or women who are being sexually abused. I just don't close my eyes to something just because it's not, you know, just because it's not who I am. You know, I, I used to, when, when, when professional athletes used to sit there and abuse women for you know, all the time and guys would get away with it. I fought for women. You know, granted, I wasn't the one doing it, so I'm not going to make the excuse, well, I'm not doing it, so, you know, so close my eyes to it. No, that's ignorance. It's like these police officers. You know, yes, there are some good cops and there's there's what there's more good cops than bad cops but when good cops say nothing you might as well be bad it's like walking into a room and you're watching a woman get sexually abused and because you know you just don't want to be the pariah you don't want to be the snitch you don't want to be the one that you know the turning your brothers you, you walk out of the room you're just as guilty because you did absolutely nothing you know what they crucified the, the one man uh, you know in the penn state scandal that saw jerry sandusky uh you know, sexually assaulting a young boy, and he said nothing. He's just guilty because he absolutely did nothing. Why is that any different than, you know, someone turning a blind eye to racism or someone turning a blind eye to, you know, police brutality against uh, people of color or someone turning a blind eye, you know, to, to sexual assault by, by a man or perpetuated on a child or, or a woman? It's the exact same damn analogy. And that's, I mean, and, and that obviously, you know, where we live, and, and the thing is, the whole opening, I always think about it this way, that, you, you know, you, I, I live in a community, 
And I always think about it like someone's getting murdered in the street and all the neighbors go to the door and they open their door and they look around and nobody sees them and the person getting stabbed doesn't see them and they shut the door and they go in the house and and their wife says, what happened? And they go, don't worry, honey, it's not us. That's and And that... What people don't understand is if you live in a world to say, oh, thank God it's not me today. Someday it will be. You know, and I'm not saying everybody's going to get murdered, but I'm saying if you turn a blind eye to the world, the world will eventually turn a blind eye toward you. I'll never not stand up for injustice no matter what it is, whether, whether it's against animals, whether it's against children, whether it's against women, whether against someone's religion. or I'll, I'll, I'll always stand up for what someone believes in as long as they're not trying to harm someone. I don't, you know, I don't believe in Christianity at all because I think it makes up too many rules and you get to judge people. But I'll stand up for someone who believes in it as long as they're not trying to harm someone. You know, I mean, I, I, I have no problem with transgender people. I have no problem with gay or lesbian people. I have no problem with anybody on this planet. Like if a gay person walking there or, or wanted me to bake him a cake for the wedding and things of that nature, I'd have no problem for it. As long as you, I mean, like there's... There, there's love in this world. As long as two people love one another, as long as two people are caring, not out there hurting anybody else, I have no problem with them at all. But it's the people who are filled with hate. It's the people who think something, someone's trying to take like take something away from. Them. Like that one man you said at the Wegmans, you were standing in line. I mean, apparently that he, his life is going bad because maybe some black person, or anything, got a better opportunity than him. Instead of being mad at that black person, work harder. People don't want to work hard. They want to. They want to point fingers and blame and feel hate because he took this job away from me. No, he didn't. There's more. There's a million jobs out there. Get a better one. Better yourself. Go get a better education. Do you know? There's a million other you know intangibles that you can do to better yourself. But you want to be filled with hate and blame a black person or blame an Asian person or blame a you know a, a Mexican person you know for, for for taking something away from you? It's like nah. That's within yourself. That's self hate. And that's and self hate. You know, is, is going to bring uh, the, uh, the actually the seven deadly sins, or what's going to be like, what's going to bring man down eventually. You know, God flooded this earth before; He started over. You know, so He'll do it again. Uh, the, the day the day of reckoning is coming to the United States, and it's coming fast. As long as Donald Trump is in is is in, is in office, we're in trouble. Well, Rob, here's the hope, and that God sends us both a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we got a message here from one of my longtime listeners, Orange Avenger, and I don't care. This could be this could be uh, this way or vice versa. It doesn't matter to me. He put Dan Tortora for president, Rob for vice president, 2020. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they want me in politics. They're <laughs> actually talking about me. Running. I've been asked to run for a political position here in the city of Syracuse, and I'm like, I don't think you want me. I'm no one's lap dog, and I'm very controversial because I speak up for all people. You know, I'm not. I'm not just going to support someone just because they're black. I'm not going to just support someone because they're a woman. I'm going to support people's ideologies that that, that allows it involves everyone. If everyone's involved, I'm for it. If everyone's not involved, nope. I don't want to be any. I don't want to be no part about it. I don't care what political party you are: Democrat, Independent, Green Party, you know, Republican. Doesn't matter to me. I could care less about that. My 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 platform and anything I would ever do would be about the people. I want all people to prosper. I want all people to succeed. I want everyone to be created equal. I think women should earn just as much as men. I grew up with a strong mother figure. My girlfriend who's a strong business owner herself and everything. It's like you know what? I want all people to be treated equal. Everyone should have the same opportunity as everyone else. Enough of this hate already. You know, you know what? I, I, I'm 50. I'm on the downside of life right now. You know, what? and that's the kind of world I want to see. You know, before I pass, that's the kind. That's the kind of world I want to see. You know, the grandfather to my to my children to have a better world. 
everyone should be seen the same you know when we walk outside those doors police should not be you know just randomly murdering unarmed people i get it everyone gets it if someone comes at you in a threatening manner or with something that possibly looks like a gun i get you you possibly try to defend yourself but my gosh firing 20 30 40 shots into a man that's not that doesn't have a doesn't have a weapon where does that come i couldn't do that as a human being you're taking someone's life it's frustrating and it's insane it's insane for somebody to the thing is like i tell people you can't i can't change who i am on the inside yeah i love i i love god i love people i don't hate anybody i say people some people try really really hard to get me to hate them but i but i don't i love them i pray for them I want better for them. I tell people all the time when when there when there is a horrible thing that happens, don't just pray for the victim, pray for the perpetrator. Because if you don't pray for the perpetrator to change their ways, they're going to have another victim. So I pray for both. You know. I mean, I, go ahead. I was going to say I don't. I don't. You're you're absolutely right. Like I said, I don't. I don't hate anybody because I'm, I I I understand what hate is, and because I hated for a long time after my father was murdered, and I, I was like, you know what? That's that's not the way to live. Because, because hate takes too much energy and it takes you to dark places. But I, and then I was saying this morning, I hate Donald Trump, but I hate Donald Trump because of who he is and what he's doing. I don't hate him as a man because I don't know him. But I hate, I hate what he stands for because what he stands for is hate, and that's not a part of my life. That's not who I want to be. That's not someone who I want to represent. He doesn't represent anything I stand for. You know, I'm I, I, I'm the good and everything that he is evil. I always say it's like you know. I mean, I have no. I mean, I have no problem with transgender gender people. I have no problem with Muslim people. I have no problem with gay people. I have no problem with anybody who's a good person. I mean, I have no problem with the neo Nazi as long as they allow other people to live. They're filled with hate. I'm not. I could. It's like me. I I would invite him into my home as long as you don't threaten me or my family. That's fine. You know, live your life. If you want to be left filled with hate, you know, that's your. I mean, that's your choice. But at the end of the day. Eventually, what we're all gonna die, and then while, while I'm sitting on the other side, you know, in heaven, watching you trying to trying to get in there past those gates, where God's gonna be like, nope. And guess where you're going? You don't get through those gates. You're either going to purgatory or going to hell. Either or, but you'll be stranded the rest of your life. You know, but that's the choices you made. We all have choices. Why we have, you know, why why we have life in our body here on here on this planet. A lot of people make the wrong choices. A lot of people follow someone who's just filled with absolutely so much hate. I, I mean, and it's not to get into the whole political scheme of it. The whole, you know, we have immigration problems in this country. Every able-bodied, thinking, educated person understands that. Yes, we get it. We have immigration problems, and do we need reform? Yes, we do. There are certain laws and things we need to do to get it under control and have reform. But to sit there and ignorantly and belligerently say, "Build a wall, build a law." That's just slapping the people who are just trying to get over here, you know, to, to, for freedom in the face. It's like, you know, what? I mean, if, if I were running for president, I would be like, I would just sit here and say, you know, what we need, we need, we need immigration reform. We probably need to secure our borders a little bit better, you know, but we need immigration reform. There's, there's hard ways of going at things, and there's soft ways of going at things. Donald Trump knew the hard way was going after, after, after things was going to bring a constituent of crowds of people who hate. Hey, 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 the neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, you know, the alt-right, you know, all those groups. He knew it was going to, you know, it was going to cater to them. Why? Because that's who he is himself. Eventually, everyone exposes who they are inside. Inside, You expose yourself inside of me the first time I met you. That's why I liked you. You're a good person. You have a good heart. You know, you're everything. My girlfriend, the same way. 
my children the same way. All my friends the same way. That's why I surround myself with good people. They show me who they are. The, 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 the minute I meet them, you know. So it, like like myself, I mean, I'm a good person, you know. And I, and I don't say that, you know, sorry, uh, you know, condescending or trying to trying to, you know, because I, as you well know, I'm a humble person. I don't let anybody know who I am until we get into a conversation and somebody else tells them, you know, because I, don't, I want people to like me for who I am. Not for, you know, oh my gosh, the football player, you know, NFL, and, you know, I'll sit there and talk to someone all day if you, uh, about it, if they want to talk to me. Do I want to talk about it? No. <laughs> but will I? Of course I will. You know, if, 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 if they take the time, you willing to sit there and talk to me about football, of course I want to sit there and talk to me. That's, that, that, that's just who I am. But he doesn't, he doesn't get that. And it's just frustrating for me to see someone, the leader of the free world, just so involved in his own ideology in his own head they can't see that some people are suffering and some people need help you know and and to make this whole big fiasco about you know about a national anthem when 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 you didn't even serve in the military yourself you know you dodged the draft you were asked to go and fight for this country and you said no five times talking about birds birds but all of a sudden now you scream patriotism wow really you want to talk respect (laughs) what a hypocrite and as we stand here today, and, and as we do the show right now, uh, ABC, you know, and obviously um, had put something up about uh, a man who took a knee at the national anthem uh, at the White House lawn during the celebration of Amer- America, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And guess what, Rob? That man was white. So, you know, it's, it's, it's this crazy thing that we can all love each other if we decide to. Rob and I both don't like the same type of people. I call him a, a diligent blank. You can fill that whatever you'd want to fill it with, but that's someone who wakes up every day with hate in their heart that wants to hate on people. I pray for him, but I don't care where you come from, how much money you make, what, you, what language you speak, this, that, and the other, what religion you practice. It's the type of person you are, and it's how you treat people. How you treat people is the only thing that anybody should decide, do I want to be around you or don't I want to be around you? It's how you treat people other people. If you're not a nice person, people don't want to be around you. If you have an aunt that every time you go visit her, she complains about life and everything's horrible and it's so dark and dingy, you don't want to go over there anymore. I have people in my family that are eternal negative. They hold grudges. They hate everybody. They want respect, but they don't give it. They're lonely people. My grandmother lived to be a hundred and a half and she and I had a relationship Above anything I can describe, Rob, because she did these crazy things. She loved people. She was positive. She watched the news and said, shut it off. I'm sick and tired of seeing all this negative stuff. She went outside. She was good to one another. I said I said to her, I go, Grandma, you see all these, these rapes, these murders, these fires, all this stuff going on in the news. I said, how do you stay positive? She looked at me. She goes, well, did God wake me up today? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, then what else do you want? And then she went back to reading her newspaper. Because that's how she lived her life. And she is the epitome of what I aspire to be. Because you just don't care. And and my grandmother grew up in that she was born during World War One. She was living throughout a time where black people aren't equal to white people. And this is that. And segregation. And you know what? The people that took care of my grandmother the last few years of her life that came into her house and were aides to her, every single one of them, African-American women. And they became part of her family, and she decided that. So if she can, at 100 years old, say, I was taught 
all of this stuff, told all of this stuff, had all this stuff around me. And at the end of my life, I gave them a kiss on the cheek and I gave them a hug and I treated them like they were my grandchildren too. If my grandmother can take everything that she was supposed to be taught, throw it out the window and be good to no matter who it is and what color they are, then why can't people do it today? That's the question that I ask everybody. If a hundred year old woman who wasn't supposed to didn't really care what you told her and what she was supposed to be conditioned to believe because she had a pure heart and she was good to people that were good to her and to Kiona and to Dinesha and to everyone that was there, Kiona more so than anybody that was there for my grandmother. I was, I'll never forget and will always appreciate. And I hope she knows I love her to death and beyond. When I got to tell her, I said, Kiona, this is your grandmother. I said, she is my grandmother, but I can't stand here and say she's not your grandmother. And she said, I tell everybody that I have my grandma and I have Miss, they called her Miss Marie. And she said, I tell everybody I have Miss Marie. I have my grandma and I have Miss Marie. And I said, well, you need to know that. Because when my cousin came in and he was sick and he came with strep throat, she took the house because of my grandmother being older and stuff. She took every, nobody asked her to do anything. She took every single minuscule thing in the kitchen out, everything out of the refrigerator, Lysol everything, cleaning everything, spending hours on the house. And she only did that because she loves my grandmother. She wanted her to be okay. She went to lunch with her. She took her to the hairdresser. She sat and talked with her. And how can people... I just want people to know that if you if you judge someone based on the pigmentation of their skin, my grandmother would have missed out on all of these wonderful moments with loving people. And that would have been a really horrible way for her to end her life. And she did the opposite, Rob. She accepted people for who they are. She loved people for who they are. And my grandmother went straight to hell. I don't think she spent 15 seconds on the way up. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where I came from. And, and I hope to God that I can help some other people go in that same direction. I live my life the same way, you know, I try and try and I, I don't try, I, I, you know, I lead by example because I have two young boys, my own biological sons that are watching me. They watch every move of me. So, you know, so if, if they see me do it, they'll follow, you know, they'll, they'll fall, fall right in the order to do the exact same thing. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't consider myself a role model, but I know I am. You know, so I, I just always say, you know, Robert, you got to lead by example. So if you want people to be a certain way, you got to show them how to be that way. I'm not just a role model. I'm a teacher also. So I have to, I have to be what it is I expect in others. And that's how I live my life. And just so you know, Rob, uh, just, just in case you're interested and we talk about this, I have our 2020 slogan. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote it while we were talking. I don't think they want me as a politician. Listen, Rob, they don't want me as a politician, okay? My wife told me that people be trying to assassinate me all over the place trying to be good to people. I'm I'm, I'm outspoken against things that I feel are wrong. I see a lot of things wrong. I stand stand up for those who are afraid to stand up for themselves. I'm not afraid of anything. You know, my my my, my father just it's just a dark time. I know what it's like to be be dark and you know and have darkness inside you. I felt that for two years after my father's father's murder, where 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 then where he came back to me and spiritually just started talking to me and it made me realize you can't live like that. That's 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 a path to self destruction for, for for anyone. So anybody who's ever had a loved one murdered and that nature, I, I I get it. You have, you have to rise above it and become a better person. But whew, it can take people down a dark path. 
And you know, and so some of these people are in that dark path. Maybe not to the extent of how bad I bad I went through it, but they're they're on a dark path to self destruction. Donald Trump is headed on a high collision course with self destruction, and he's in and, and, and a lot of people are feeding into it, and that's the scary part. It's apocalypse, uh, 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 the the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> but basically with, uh, with, with with without the zombies, but. Hopefully we can get them out of here soon. I don't know if we don't have zombies, Rob. There's people that eat bath salts and they start yeah, eating people. Yeah, we got yeah. zombies. We just live in a dumb society, you know? But I, I will tell you, so this is my slogan, okay? If we decide to do the unthinkable, I'm just saying, hindsight is 20. This is our slogan, folks. So listen, this is my quote. Hindsight is 2020. So is forward thinking. Tortora Drummond, 2020. <laughs> yeah. I think they're trying to assassinate us before we. <laughs> you know what, Rob? But it was, you know what? I hope that they play. I hope they play Frozen. You know, let it go while it's happening, and I'll hold your hand because we're going to heaven together. So I don't. But think about it. All the all the all the people who are trying to do something good. Yeah. The, the people that are trying to do something good for this country were the ones who are, 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 are who are either assassinated or attempted assassination. Well, this is the thing that, and, and it's funny you mention that, because I, I went down the line, uh, I actually did this with one of my buddies and, and my wife a couple of days ago, I was like, okay, so let's look at just people that were trying to help and fight for equality in the black community. I said, let's go down the line, Abraham Lincoln, yep. John F. Kennedy, yep. Martin Luther King, Tupac. <laughs> I was like, I'm go I'm going down the line here and I'm like, um, what is the common denominator? They common all community. love everybody. So try to try to help everyone. Yeah. And you know what? But Tupac's still alive, because I know that man is in Mexico somewhere. Bless his heart, when Suge Knight is dead, he's coming back for music. And <laughs> Rob, we need him to come back. I was just starting to like Tupac. I was really little. I was just starting to like Tupac. Two years before he passed away. So I feel like something got stolen from me. But you know that Dave Chappelle's made plenty of jokes that he's not dead. So I'm happy that at least Dave Chappelle and I believe that Tupac is still alive. <laughs> That's a reliable source. <laughs> Listen, I love Dave Chappelle. He could be our hope he could be our Secretary of Treasury. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, I just when I think of Secretary of Treasury, I just think about his skit. With uh, when he was married to Oprah because he th oh, yeah. Be yeah because she thought she was having his baby yeah <laughs> I love it but no man I would listen I would do anything with you I'd go to the ends of the earth and I'd run for president with you and I'd be dodging bullets with you too so you know we make it happen right listen you played running back so you know how to dodge things yeah, and I didn't true. you know what I mean and I never I never played football professionally or anything like that but. I'm Hispanic and Italian. You know that I can, you know, shake those hips and, and I can maneuver. <laughs> so I don't. I think they'd be shooting at us for a long time, Rob. It'd be pretty funny, but they'd be missing. So it's all good. We'd be on a beach after after being in the White House. We'd be on a beach somewhere, retired, being like, "We did what we can do. Now we need to. Now we need to live this life." And then while we're sitting there having a mai tai, this guy would start rapping out of the bushes, and I'd be like, "I told you, Tupac was alive." <laughs> <laughs> What is he? What would he be like? Fifty now? Yeah, probably in fifty. Yeah. Damn. He's got to come back. Piss me off that he's not here anymore. I love it though. <laughs> when you ask people though, when you say Tupac, Biggie, are they really dead? Ninety-nine percent of people are like, Biggie's gone. Tupac? Yeah. There's this yeah. like seven out of ten people that are like, no, he's still alive. Yeah. Dude, what do you think? 
I, I, I don't know. I, I don't try and get into conspiracy theories. You know, I just... He's, he's alive, Rob. Uh, maybe. <laughs> At your 60th birthday party, I'm going to have him come rap to you. When he walks up to me and I see him on television or camera, I believe his life. But until then, I don't, I don't. I only worry about things I can control. Right. I can't control that. That's true. But we can admit that he had some good music. Oh yeah, great music. So and but we can say somebody and please nobody go shoot at this man because I'm going to mention somebody who's still Ice Cube. Ice Cube's yeah. still alive. Yeah. So and he and he was outspoken, but he's yeah. still here. So you know. Not everybody, but it's a great. That's what somebody said to me recently, though. They said, "Dan, if you run for president, people are gonna. They're like, you're gonna try and help everybody. You're gonna try and be nice. You're gonna try and like get rid of race wars and stuff like that. They're like, people are gonna be shooting at you from day one. And I was like, good, let them shoot because I'm gonna get some Star Wars technology and I'm gonna have all kinds of invisible force fields and stuff. You and I are gonna be teleporting over everywhere. We'd have fun, Rob, because I'd be talking to Elon Musk, be like, what do you got? What's in the wheelhouse today? I don't worry. I mean, I, for me, I'm willing to die for a thing, but what I believe in. Yeah. And people, you know, it's like it's like I said. You know, if I see a, if I see a, if I saw a schoolyard getting shot up, I'd be one of those ones to protect, to protect those children. So if I died protecting children, I, you know, I, it's not even about being a hero. It's about doing what's right. I can't stand around and see people get hurt. I can't stand around and see a woman get hurt. I can't stand around and see a child get hurt. You know, now, now, man, mm, I, I, I'd have to think about it. Because I don't, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of men because I know as men, as, 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 as the, I won't say dominant species, as a species that's, that's dominated over everybody because of, because of what they, what they, what we are, what, who we have been, you know, it, it's just wrong. I consider everyone, everyone my equal, you know, and, I, and, and women, you know, just genetically and, you know, just, you know, less testosterone are weaker than men and children aren't even developed yet and don't even know. What it, what it, especially male boys, what it is to be a man. So it's up to us as men, you know, and try and teach them and try and you know protect them and, and be the protectors and you know and, and until they can understand and get get to that point, you know. And, and man, man, it's just been wrong, you know. Look at, I mean, I, I I hope I'm alive to see the first woman president. I think that'd be pretty cool. Glad I was alive to see the first black president. Did he do everything I wanted him to do? No, he didn't do it correct. But I can respect him as a person and as a human being by how he was doting over his children, by how he was doting over his wife, you know, how he how he had a pet, you know, how, how he loved his pets and how he was just gracious and just quarreled through and opened the door for women and, you know, held umbrellas over women. And, and it's just, it's just, it just, Donald Trump just, it's like we're going back to the damn caveman areas. Go out, club a woman over the head and just drag her back to your, to your cave. It's like, good Lord, you Neanderthal. You know, God forbid, I shouldn't say Neanderthal because I, get, I can get myself in trouble because it's not politically correct, you know, and I just said Neanderthal because that's the first, the first word that came to my head, you know, and then I, I, they're getting getting in conversations where I, where, where I've seen people on social media say, well, what's called, I mean, well, you can call, I mean, they call white people apes too, or they call Donald Trump an orangutan, and I'm like, it's it's not the same connotations, you know, white people were referred to as orangutans or monkeys or apes or anything to discredit them or, or the victim feel less than human. Black people were, or still are to this day. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like if something happens, well, he did it too. It's like, it's not the point. You know, the point is that the, that the word was used, you know, as a derogatory term against, you know, a black woman. But all of a sudden it's like, well, right, they say it against for, 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 for white people too. I'm like, oh my gosh, never mind, you know. People, 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 people don't get it, but hey, that's America for you. 
Well, you know, and that's that's the crazy thing about it is, you know, and, and the thing is, there's no fight against it. I'm like, hey, Roseanne shows got canceled. They're like, oh, what'd she do? I was like, she she called a black person an ape. And then there's dead silence in the room. I was like, yeah, you you can't do that stuff. There, there's no like, you know, and, 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 and Rob knows I got people in my life that always, always tell me, Dan, there's two sides to every story. And my response is sometimes there are always two sides to every story. Sometimes the other side just doesn't matter. And there's no other side to calling me as an Italian a WAP or as a, a Spanish person a spick. Because, and you know what? I can say those on the air because people don't consider those the N-word, but they are. And I'm like, I don't like hearing those words. But, you know, there's people that have used those freely in front of me. And only apologize when they found out that that was my nationality. Outside of that, if I was Irish, it's a party. And it's, I'm not saying Irish people do this, but I'm saying if I was anything else, they would have been like, oh, well, who cares? You're not going to. That's not how I live my life. Totora Drummond, 2020. Hindsight is 2020. So is forward thinking. Go vote for the two people that will try and stay in office for 10 days before getting shot at. Rob, I love you. You know I do. And uh, we're going to have to hang out together soon because we got to get our platform straight all right, dude. <laughs> all right be, be well i'll talk to you all right Dan. see ya uh, coming from rob drummond once again tortora drummond 2020 you heard it here folks and political parties man i don't get involved in all that stuff i'm just trying to help my country love each other and i'm help, trying to help the world love each other for goodness sake so tortora drummond 2020 Hindsight is 2020, so is forward thinking. That is our message. We love you so much. Thank you to my listeners wanting Rob and I to run for office. It's not the first time that you asked me to run for president, so that makes me feel like I'm doing something good in this world, as opposed to someone saying to you, I hope you never run for president. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Maybe someday. The wife doesn't want me to do it because she doesn't want me to be stressed out. But, you know, I also uh, I also told her that we got to make the world a, a better place, and her and I agree on that. So if we can get rid of the stress, that would be awesome. But Tortora Drum in 2020, you heard it here first. We'll be back in a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. 
D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I want to thank everybody that's joined us for the show today. We spent an extra half hour plus with you today because Rob and I were having a very important and in-depth conversation that needs to be had. Neither one of us want inequality. Neither one of us want to disrespect the flag. Neither one of us want... The military did not feel love and respect and, and appreciation. We just want people to understand that we can do better and we should do better and that the NFL totally missed the message because Colin Kaepernick said a long time ago it wasn't about the flag. And I understand there's an argument on both sides. Well, Dan, why did he do it during the flag? Because he was on national television. Because he could get you to watch. Because he knew that people would pay attention if he did it then. If he did it during warm-ups, maybe somebody would see it in this day and age. Maybe not. But... I love the military. I love our country. I love our freedom. I also don't think that it's fair that the pigmentation of your skin makes people not feel like they have the same freedoms that I do. And that needs to change. With that being said, Wake Up Call with Dan Satora will be back with you tomorrow, Thursday, June 7th. And we will have, as we always do, at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Thursdays, Katie Kalinske in the segment you'll only find on Wake Up Call Coaching with Class. Coaching with Class with Katie Kalinske. Seven years under Jim Beheim, and she will join me on the broadcast tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time in her time slot. And from 10 to 11 a.m. for the first time ever we're doing this, you know Mike Sofka of HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Satora, for giving you your fantasy football advice the last two years and every Friday broadcast for the most part from 10 to 11 a.m. We have now moved from Friday to Thursday, so Mike Sofka Fantasy Football Talk will now be on Thursdays to include Thursday Night Football and to give you an extra day to get our information, download the podcast, and listen into it on TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Podbean, iTunes, so on and so forth in the RSS feed. You can get them all on Wake Up Call dt.com so make sure that you do that so mike sofka officially moves to thursday tomorrow and katie kalinsky is with us on thursdays as she always is can't wait to have you on the show tomorrow in the meantime facebook at wake up call dt twitter at call dt instagram at wake up call underscore dt and a final message to do to you buy your cny pop festival tickets if you're all about including everybody if you're all about a family-friendly atmosphere, bringing Central and Upstate New York together. If you're all about being good to one another, doing something different, innovative, fun, unique, a break from the norm, then come to the CNY Pop Festival, which will feature Syracuse Orange men's basketball alumni, Syracuse Orange football alumni, and TV and movie stars from all over the country, and some of them from Toronto and British Columbia, the two places that Rob brought up that he might move to someday because... They're very beautiful. I know Toronto's awesome. I haven't been to British Columbia yet, but he told me I got to go. So I'm sure that it's very nice. I trust Rob's opinion. So with that being said, 
Get your CNY Pop Festival tickets now. We just gave away some tickets for VIP. The VIP tickets are 30 bucks. Adults are 15. Children are 10. Buy your tickets today. It's a very, very low price point to bring the family for a full day of fun, one day only, Sunday, August 12th, to the F-Shed at the Regional Market in Syracuse, New York, right by Destiny USA and multiple major highways. CNYPopFestival.com. Buy your tickets now, and I will talk with you tomorrow morning. God bless each and every single one of you. And remember, we may have differences of opinions, but we can always come together through love, never through hate. Remember that.